Hello, Golden Globies. Welcome Whoa, in. Tone it down. Uh, tone it down. How about I get a little lower? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, thank you. Because I one person living down under will thank you. Because apparently, uh, one weekend of sex thriller month, and we're already getting blowback and complaints and whining. It's just sorry, not- you can't masturbate to our show. You I know th- who you are. I thought everybody already was masturbating. To I our did shows. too. I thought this was just gonna make. There was, I thought there was gonna be spontaneous ejaculation. That's why I warn people: don't do, don't listen to us on a public like busters. I literally ripped my mailbox off because we all know about the whispers we get. Yeah, and we still careless. get plenty of them. They're very careless. They're very careless. But oftentimes we get fucking just wadded up paper towels full of people's ejaculates <laughs> sent to us with little lipstick prints. How do they? Prints. How do they mail that? It's literally just a wadded up. Fucking Kleenex. With a stamp oh, on it. I the guess st- that works. Yeah. <laughs> People complain about the mail. There's no address on it. It's just a wadded up ball of jizz rags, <laughs> a tube sock with a stamp on it, and they somehow find its way to the G&G compound. How does that work? But I yeah, I just want to, but I want to, I, I'm going to give the guy a little credit. I'm not going to give him enough credit to name him. You know who you are. <laughs> but... I'll be honest. I think I let slip one time on on Twitter that we're doing erotic thrillers. All right, technically, I guess we're not really. They're not. I guess it depends on what gets you a boner. I don't know what we're talking about today. Gets somebody off. Oh, it definitely does. But sex thriller, I guess, is more the appropriate term, and that it's uh, these movies are going to be where sex and violence intertwine. Right. That's what we're doing. I'm going to go ahead. You say you might have slipped and called it erotic thriller month, but I'll let you off the hook here because the greatest authority on this matter, Criterion Channel, has an erotic thriller month going right now. Yeah, right after we announced ours. Yeah, a few days after our episode came out. It's called Synergy. They're trying to make money off of our show. Right. They rolled out. They know. I plug Criterion Channel all the time. I talk about all the great movies they have over there. I watched a couple of them this week because I still have no car. That's miserable. But I get a lot more movie time, so I guess that's nice. And what's featured under Erotic Thriller Month on the Criterion Channel right now? A little movie called Body Double. Yeah, I wonder where they got that from. Huh. Yeah. And if you know the Criterion Channel like I do, because I know it well. You know the criteria of the Criterion Channel. That's right. They always do great behind-the-scenes interviews and everything. And right there, you can watch the movie along to our episode. That's right, everybody. How did they do that? Because our episode's an hour longer than the movie. That's right. They they get they have they some play good, it twice. They have some good editors over there. Okay, good. yeah. So they they kind of chop up some of the backstories. They probably and put off. in some scenes, some hardcore porn that Brian De Palma got it cut out. They put it in back yep. in. To yep. Pad right. it. Yep. Pad it up a little bit. Works out. So yeah. Uh, okay. Sex. Uh, excuse me. It's sex thriller month. Yes. But uh, you got anything else you want to say before we start talking about eight millimeter? I need to make sure this is very clear. 1999, I was all of 12 years old. Oh, my God. I, I was 25. 25. Uh, you weren't hanging out at the high schools, hopefully. I wasn't either. I was in uh, grade school when I was 12 years old still. Not quite junior high yet. And so there's a little rule in the early 90s, late 90s, because uh, 
You couldn't be gay back in those days. No. And you'll notice two of our characters often say this because they're watching pornography together. One, Joaquin Phoenix, and one, Nick Cage. Little insecure. Is it gay for two men to watch pornography together? I, I don't know, but I... Heterosexual watch... pornography is what they're watching. Well, I don't know. They're watching some sick well, They watch a lot of shit, so we don't even yeah. know. And they're sitting butt to butt, even though there's multiple chairs. So, there's a rule back in 1999 when we were a little unsure of what to think of the gays. No homo. So, there's quite a few scenes in this movie. You notice they, they escape themselves out of situations of being confused with the gay by saying, no homo. Okay. That's all you got to do. I also want to point out, with as far as uh, Sex Thriller Month goes, because people have, are, are having issues with the selection of movies we had. Look... This is our experiment. Because I'll, I'll freely admit, Griff and I, this isn't our wheelhouse. Sex Lure isn't our wheelhouse. But we're willing to experiment with different genres of action. That's right. And so, and you people wanted it. So I said, so my idea was, well, if we're going to do a month, and if, if it fails, we're just going to, we're never going to, we're never going to do another one again. This is the experiment, people. If you want more erotic thrillers injected into the show, yeah. you, it behooves you to support this. To like and retweet my tweets about this to get more people interested in, and we'll do more. So I, because people are like, I'm sure there's these, these like lesser known ones. I'm like, if we're gonna do, we're gonna experiment. We're gonna do more mainstream, more like actors you know, you've heard of. Yep. Brian and then, and then we'll go into whatever the samurai cop version of erotic thrillers is. Okay? Yeah, we this might is, be able to find some good ones out there. Yeah. You know that Shannon we, Tweed has made her career off of erotic thrillers. You know we want to be talking speeds and scale. You don't right. get speeds and scale yeah. in erotic thrillers usually. <laughs> as far as I know, it's all like sex crimes that are happening. You know, yeah. we don't have video. Well, that's the thing. What is? It's very nebulous what a sex thriller is because, like, you could say Body Heat is a sex thriller, but it also it's kind of a neo noir too. Yeah. Like, what is it? So it's it's a, you know it's in the it's in the eye of the beholder is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, well, you know, I you know I learned the other day from uh, I don't know if Alan Moore coined it, but I heard it from him. Comic book great Alan Moore. You know what the difference between erotica and pornography is? Ooh, interesting. How much money you make? Erotica is rich people's porn, and <laughs> pornography is what schlubs like us watch. Okay. So, like, if you're classy and have money, you listen. You you watch erotica. That's right. But, yeah. I like that you bring up erotica because we need to talk about the genius behind Verotica for a second. Yes, he makes an well. He doesn't really. He he, he makes, makes an appearance, appearance. in uh, pictures and everything. Yeah, posters. He's, he's got a super fan in this movie. Yeah, make it all makes sense. All makes sense. The guy always wears a leather vest. He has the. Uh, fucking gimp mask with the devil's lock going down the face for some reason. Just makes That's sense. That's what it was. Yeah, I thought it was just like a like a strip of leather. It's it supposed was to be a devil's, devil's lock? lock. Yeah, a leather death, a leather devil's lock. That was a tough one to say for some <laughs> reason. But you mentioned that during this time. Danzig just happened to be in his industrial phase. Yeah, we opened. If you didn't, if you had no boner before, we killed it even more. Because <laughs> we opened with Danzig experiment. And around this time, his experimentation with industrial metal, which was hot at the time. Yeah. You had Marilyn Manson. Did, were you ever into like industrial music at all? 
Uh, I feel like I had bands that wandered into industrial. So I think Static X, they called themselves like they disco. Were, they were kind of industrial. But they yeah. were kind of industrial. Yeah. Nine uh, Inch Nails was kind of Nine Inch Nails, I like them still. Uh, I like a few ministry songs, but I was never really into I never. I only learned about ministry recently, oh, and okay. I never really got into that. Tool kind of has some industrial sounding stuff, maybe. Mm, no, actually, they yeah, don't. No. They're more prog metal yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like there was a couple too robotic for me. I don't. I mean, I just it's just like listening to a drum loop for like five minutes gets boring after. A yeah, while. I don't. Yeah. I it has no soul to me. No soul. Okay. That's probably why I don't like any modern a, a, computer like digital music because yeah. it's just it's just it's dead to me. It doesn't you know, right. Not not that you hate synthesizers, but no. The, I mean, if you're doing repeated. something like synthesizers, like especially in the early days, like late seventies, early eighties, they were doing experimental shit because it was new. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But then they just got into this rut, like especially with industrial model. Yeah. You know, it's just this, you know, the same beats, the same whatever. Right. Don't, don't like it up, but we get to see Danzig quite often. We get to hear well, not his quite music, often. and then you also brought up that Disney had their own fucking uh, record label at that this time. This was which... when when uh, Danzig left uh, Rick Rubin's Deaf America. It became America Records, I think, after that because Deaf is kind of dated term. Mm-hmm. He left that for greener pastures. He dumped his band. He's like, I'm going to reinvent myself. And he went to Hollywood Records, which was a subsidiary of Disney, which also one of their also big uh, signings was a, a group everyone in Detroit is familiar with. The Insane Clown Posse's major label debut was on Hollywood what, Records. What? You heard it there. And I think... They immediately got into trouble for the content, and me, uh, Disney immediately dropped them, Makes and they sense. went back to their their uh, independent ways. Yeah, which I got to give. I mean, I think these guys suck, but I you got to give it up to these guys. They're yeah. truly DIY. They really in the truest sense of the word, and they became millionaires off it. So yeah. they're doing good well. For them. I've been to their house. Yes, you have. Very classy. Very classy. But uh, eight millimeter. All right, now we're entering the world of snuff films. Griff, I think you said last week you would watch a snuff film. Am I? Am I? <laughs> no, Murray. I think what I said was I wouldn't watch a snuff film. I think check the tape. I think he said, uh, uh, "Yeah, it's not my thing either." I don't. I I think I. I'm trying to think. Like, I guess technically I would have in my edge lord young days because I watched Faces of Death, which everyone oh. thought was real at the time. Oh, that wasn't real. No. Oh. I mean, some of it was like news footage shit was real, but oh, mostly okay. it was just reenactments of like fake shit. Oh, but that's the thing. But then you're thinking like a fucking mom and pop video shop's going to have a real like snuff film like and it's going to be s- sold in Best Buy and all well, that shit. I didn't realize it was uh, hawked off at video stores and uh, like that was like. Ditch porn, like somebody that was like a no, tape that was no, no, traded. No, 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 no. That's how I came across it. Yeah. That's... Or no, that was on the bowels of the internet. Is when I saw like a vi- like a clip or two from it. Dark web. Dark web. Yeah. I was up on that fucking tour net. This is pre dark web. Yeah, it was face to death. Um, yeah, I remember watching that. I was like twelve or thirteen. It was you know you show badass you were. Yeah. You face to death. I think they were like four or five. You know they're remaking it. Why exactly? Why. <laughs> Like how do you and like and they're with like actors people know Bob Odenkirk, 
Yes, Bob Odenkirk <laughs> signed off. He's playing Doctor Francis B. Gross, which is actually the character's name. I actually, it's, it's. I don't know if it's still on it, but it was, it was on Tubi, and I was like, let me, like, literally, like a few months ago. I'm like, let me see this again. I couldn't get through. It's awful. I it's awful. Yeah, it's yeah. Awful. Like I got to see one or two of the clips, and it was very realistic, and it fucked me up for a while there. Yeah. I thought I watched a man shoot himself I mean, there, in the head. That probably was real because there's that one that's like a, like a politician or something who got in trouble and he killed himself like live on okay. TV. Okay, because this was like in an office room. and he, I think Yes, that's, that's real. That's real. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then they show shit like what happens in a slaughterhouse, which is disturbing as fuck. Well, yeah. And so there is some, I guess, I guess in a way that's good because it, I mean, if you're going to eat meat, you got to see what the cruelty that shit happens. Right, well, what's the saying about the sausage? You don't want to see how the sausage gets you, made? Trust me, I saw phases of this. You do not want to see what goes I don't in there. fucking want to know like it made. Much like I don't want to see a snuff film, but there are apparently some people who do. Right. And they're the characters in this movie, 8mm, that we're doing today. Right. It's going to be interesting if our fans can figure out what kind of person would want to watch a snuff film. That's the whole uh, dilemma that our character Tom Wells, played by Nicolas Cage, is in. He's like, why? Who would want to do this Exactly. I was like, yeah, Mr. Ed. I, I, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's on Sunday's episode. You get and, to hear about uh, Mr. Like, Ed. I, I, don't, I don't know who would. I mean, but, but here's the thing, though, because the, the premise, a lot of the people in this movie are like, it's an urban legend. Do you believe that? I totally believe there's real life, like, video footage of people uh, being killed. 100%. Especially yeah. nowadays where every single human being has a camera. There's 100% snuff films out there. Yeah, I believe... Like, what do you think, like, serial killers... Like, serial killers... Like, people act like serial killers went away. Yeah. Because now mass murderers are the big thing. Yeah. No, they're still out there. And I'm sure they are filming everything they do, and it's really fucked up to think about that. Right. They got the fucking sweet digital video collections and everything. Yeah. I just watched Manhunter again the other day, because that was on the Criterion channel. Talk about Is that fucking, erotic? It was pretty erotic. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll do that later. Mm-hmm. Yep, very erotic. Lots of uh, gratuitous sex scenes in that one. A lot of bodily fluids spraying. So much bodily fluids. <laughs> Where are we at? I don't snuff know. Films, I think not wanting film, to watch them. No, we don't want to watch them. And we're, actually, I think we're doing the, the audio equivalent of a snuff film. We right are. Now. We really are. So let's spice it up because we have a character in this played by one Joaquin Phoenix. Max California. Max California? Yeah. You said Max Hollywood, but no, it's Max California. It's Max California? Oh, yeah. I think IMDb had that wrong. It, well, I only know it's Max California. Either way. He works there, at... That's in Hollywood is in California. Yeah, there we go. He works at a porno shop. An old, adult bookstore. Which, by the way, and don't worry, it, we've already copyrighted it. We've already patented it. You oh. can't steal this idea. Right. We've already got foundation down on our new fucking uh, change store. Yeah. Everybody thinks like adult bookstores have gone the way of the dodo. Not anymore because Griff and I are going to do the first hipster vintage porn shop. Yep. We're going to call right. it Ye Old Porn Shop. That's right. And we're going to only sell pornography, only on VHS, only That's pornography right. that was made pre like 1990. So 80s, 70s, and 60s, all the porn you're going to get. Weekends, we've already got a lineup of vintage porn stars that come in. They'll do autographs. They'll sign your yeah. dick. They'll sign your <laughs> vagina. They'll do it all. Whatever you want. Yeah, it's going to be female-friendly, unlike the pay the porno shops of, of, of your. Oh, yeah, know? no. We accept everybody. Like yeah. We actually have the booths. Every kind of pornography you want will be here. We're yeah. not just heterosexual. It's 
all kinds. Exactly. We're bringing it to modern days. We're hip after all. Right. Bring in your kink. Bring in your furry suits. Do it all. Come on in. But no. everything is on VHS. Only VHS, yeah. There We're is... actually going to transfer some DVDs to VHS. Yes, exactly. We're going to downgrade them. Yeah. And if you are a part of the elite club and you go to the second floor, you will be permitted to watch our laser disc. Yeah. You can't rent them because yeah. they're too valuable. Yeah, they don't leave the premise. Right. But yeah, if you've, oh my God, if you've ever watched porn on a laser disc. This, the most, that's the most erotic thing yeah, ever. Yeah. It, it, this movie, when it's, it... Oh, it's, it's almost like... Ha it's better than having sex. I don't know how, but it is. It's the foundation for how we got VR technology today. It's all based on Laserdisc technology. Right, lasers. Future. Yeah. This movie would be an hour shorter if it, if this was filmed on Laserdisc. Yeah. Because of, we know all the camera angles work. And we're going to have a coffee bar... Course, and we're gonna like it's, it's, it's gonna be porno related, so like yeah. cappuccino shots would be called money shots. That's right, want a money shot? White, white flat turns into a cum slat. Wait, what? Cum shot, yeah. Lattes are cum shots because you put a little get a little milk in there. Well, yeah, yeah, all coffee is just like a spritz of milk, but a flat Not white is like full on white, so that's got to be. They're all cum related, right? They're just yes, all cum. of course. Yeah. What else can you <laughs> we're, do? We're still working on ideas, guys. Come on. Yeah, we're brainstorming here. But you're gonna love it, ye old porn shop. Look for right. it. You're gonna be flying out. We're gonna be everywhere. You're gonna be we're gonna first the ones can of course can be in Brooklyn, and then we're gonna spread out. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Get your tickets ready to fly out there. You know, we're we're gonna do a live podcast and everything. We're porno shops. I teased last week, and I'm not gonna. I'm not a cock tease, even though somebody thinks I am. Yeah. Who's living down under? You know who you are. <laughs> uh, I teased that my my best friend Larry worked at an adult bookstore at the same time this movie takes place. 19... Late nineties, ninety nine, ninety nine. Exactly is when he's working. I remember it well because uh, the Pam and Tommy video. Was oh out my god, they were selling that for like fifty dollars. Of course they were. And please go ahead, tell us what that equates to today. Oh, that's. $1,342.57. Yeah, just to watch fucking Tommy Lee steer a boat with his dick. Right. <laughs> I don't think, did you ever see it? I didn't even I had no interest, but I heard it was like, it's just boring. It's like just them fucking around like on vacation and then occasionally fucking. I think one of those days, because I was just telling Kayla about this the other day, they put the family computer in my bedroom. So there were some bad. teenage nights that's where a, I wasn't, bad. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't like going fucking nuts over porn back then or anything, but there's the First nights. First of all, you're a teenage boy. You should be going nuts over porn. So Well, no, I'm telling you, I, would, I was obsessed with video games. I mean, come on. I was. Just... So you're watching uh, Custer's Last Stand. What was that video game? That yeah, I was La Larry. The Leisure Suit Larry. Leisure Suit Larry. I was playing all those games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's all I did. 8-bit porn. Yeah, big time pixelated titties um but i think one of the videos i did look up and i found like a 30 second clip of it was them like on the boat or whatever yeah. and i was like people were going crazy for this yeah i don't know it was the 90s yeah but i want to inject a little reality into what really went on in adult bookstores behind the beaded curtain behind the beaded curtain as Secondhand told, I didn't witness a lot of this. I'm going to tell you a little thing. My buddy Larry, when he, and it was funny because there is a, there, I, I did see a lot of Larry in the character of Max Hollywood or Max, now I'm saying it, Max California. California. 
in that any it's true like if when you're you're in that world for so long it does take its toll on you and he had to quit after a few years yeah because he was just because here's the thing you said the job actually paid pretty well but yeah you got two weeks paid vacation 99 actually had paid vacation yeah which which in uh for our people outside of america that's rare for a blue collar job oh my god to have any yeah. vacation let alone paid vacation i didn't get paid vacation until i was 25 See, 26 maybe yeah so uh i'll for reasons i'll leave unexplained because it's his business he wound up having to work at a porno shop so uh this place was mobbed up it was probably a money laundering thing for the mob because they would constantly oh not constantly but probably once or twice a year get raided and oh, shut wow. down and all this shit okay so okay there, there was two shops the the the, the place was called front page and there was two. There's one that literally was on. I've talked about it before. It was, was on the corner of the street I live in. Yeah. Used to be a magazine shop. I used to buy comic books there when I was a little kid. And then one day, <laughs> they just became all porn. Like, I walked in just because I'm comics. Get the fuck out of here. You can't be here. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Right. And like, they're, it's all porn now. So they're, they're, they own both of those places. The one near me had an old guy who literally worked there every fucking day. Yeah. Like, he, like. He loved his job, I guess. That, or he just had nothing else to do. He's just like, yeah, fuck. Well, yeah, so but fun. it was funny because and Larry told me this. He got robbed constantly because he's an old man, so people knew he, the old man would be there. So they were always robbing the place. Really? And they eventually they had to like force retire the guy. They're like, no, we can't have you working here anymore. <laughs> but the one he worked, okay, so that was just a magazine shop. You could just get magazines and VHS. Okay. And then the one Larry worked at, which was in. Uh, uh, neighboring Waterford, Michigan, lovely Waterford, Michigan, had, okay, it was half uh, sex toys, uh, videos, and magazines, and the other half were the booths that had the videos oh, that you put geez, the tokens in. the worst. Yes. You're asking for trouble. That's all it was was trouble because, yeah. okay, here's the thing. This is 99. We were just talking about people weren't as comfortable with gay people Back yes. then, as they are now, so basically, it catered to down low gay guys who were like you know married with kids, like living a lie. Yeah, and then they would come here to either jerk off to gay porn or try to hook up with other gay guys. Yeah, secondhand story for me as well. Like my buddy was at a party talking to this old guy we went to high school with and everything, and he was telling there's still a weird like underground gay community for like fucking around in public places. Talked about going to a uh, a rest stop down two seventy five, and you got the toe tapping under the stall, and then you know you're sticking Glorials? your dick in a hole. Yeah, Glorials. I've yeah, seen, Glorials, have you ever seen a Glorial? I've fucking never... in a boot. I I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen a Glorial, but I, I don't know... think I've ever went to the bathroom at a rest stop either. So maybe that's really where they are. Yeah. Well, working on the road, I used to stop at a well, lot. I of imagine, them. yeah, you'd go all the way. I, to Grand I've Rapids gone to a lot of weird show. bathrooms, and I've never. <laughs> No, like I walked in on a guy shitting one time where he was like cr standing on the seat crouched <laughs> over it. And that was weird enough because he's wearing like Jinko jeans. <laughs> I was actually in Pontiac for that show, Murray. Well, where where was it? That was at Clutch Cargo. It was oh, like at a okay. restaurant right by there. Like my buddy was like, oh, let's stop here and grab some food before the show. And I just walked in. There's this guy. Was it just like a, a room that had one toilet? So he yes, did, okay. And, and he forgot you, to lock the door. Or and whatever. you never know. Sometimes, like no. if the if the doors unlocked, you assume you got. Well, of course, multiple. you assume if the doors unlocked. Yeah, yeah. And it's so not your you, fault. Yeah. So yeah, I walk in. The guy's like, "Oh, no problem. I'm just finishing up." And I'm like, 
Well, I, was, I guess you have to be cool about it. I mean, we yeah, all he, do it. We all have to take. Nobody wants to take a public shit, yeah. but we all have to sometimes. Yeah, and that guy, very cool. He was like, "Hey, don't worry about it. No big deal. Like, I'm finishing up here. You can <laughs> get, get, get in wipe, here." You know? yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Larry. So, okay, so here's the here's the thing about adult bookstores. Okay, we we all have sexual needs, sexual drive, sexual whatever. We all like seeing naked people. Fine, yeah. nobody cares about that. Problem with it is people would think because it's uh, like an adult place that the rules of society cease to exist once you enter the store. Right. And you can do it. Everything goes. You can do or say whatever you want. No. The people that work at these places are regular people. They're mm-hmm. just working. They want you to get your shit and get the fuck out of there. They don't want to hear your sexual fantasies. They don't want to fuck you. They don't want to be in a part of threesome with your fucking wife. They want you. They, they loathe you just as much as everyone else loathes you at every other fucking store you go. Exactly. To. But people, for some reason, misconstrue. They think you know. Oh yeah, man. Every these guys. Everyone wants to fuck when we come in this place. Like no. Go away. I'm not horny 100% of the time because there's tits around me. You're probably, Larry is probably completely desensitized. He is. To he was totally desensitized. Yeah. So, okay. So, there were, there, like I said, there were these uh, booths in the back. I never went over that side of the place. Yeah. It creeped me out because it was always dark. Yeah. And, and you, would, you would go visit your buddy while yeah, he was working. Well, yeah. If I, if I saw, like, I was driving by, I saw his car, I'd stop in because it was one of those jobs you could just, you'd just hang out. Yeah. And I would just shoot the shit with him. Exactly. And, just like at the comic book store. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I never saw anything really crazy, but okay, there was, all right, they had this totally butch lesbian Mexican lady that worked there. I think her job was to clean the fucking booze. Mm-hmm. So she was angry, as you would expect someone to be like that. She was like five feet tall, had a mullet. I thought she was a dude the first time I saw her, but no, she was a woman always angry all the time. <laughs> apparently, and I can see why, because apparently, I guess they had like a urinal for some reason, like in that in the, in the booth area. Some Japanese business guys came in. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess we, we talked to Paul about the fucking bathroom issues in Japan. Yes. Guys, shit in the urinal. No. As far as I know, it was out in the open, too. I didn't. I don't think it was like in a room. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I I never went back there because I'm I'm too germaphobic. I, I, you know there's jizz on everything in that place. Uh, yeah, I would be. So I was like, no, I don't want to go anywhere near that place. Yeah. You might not come back. <laughs> They might just grab you, pull you in here, come back. <laughs> it's a kinjete so situation. Got, I, I love this about her. She's like, mother, she grabbed the guy and said, I'm not cleaning this shit up. You clean this shit up. And they made these guys, which they should, yeah. clean their shit up out of the urinal. Yeah, you fucked up. There was a time when, because here, here's the thing. People were trying, not not all the time, but invariably people were trying to like, Go in together in a booth together, and jerk each other off or blow yeah. each other. So they had they had monitors across from the uh, the registers. So he had, Larry had to watch because you can't have that. You can get in fucking like deep trouble with that shit. You can't let that shit go. Yeah, yeah. So somebody was doing that. So Larry goes around to throw the guys out. There's a guy standing like in the hallway because it was like a hallway and then like I, on either side. It was almost yeah. it was like in the movie Eight Millimeter or like changing room where you yeah. know you got something like that. Yeah. 
oh my god, this guy. <laughs> go be, he bends down, wipes his hand on the floor, and then puts his hand in his mouth. No. <laughs> yeah. no. And Larry was like, get the no. fuck out of here. No. Yeah. Off the floor. And he did it like a like a like I'm a naughty boy kind of look on his face. Yeah, like he was still fully fucking aroused by the situation. <laughs> he was just like, "Oh, you caught me." One time when I was oh. there, I he I he had throw out two guys were doing something. One of the guys looked like fucking Santa Claus. It was so sad seeing Santa Claus. He's like, they're just like, we were just watching a movie together. What? Like, go, get the fuck out of here. And then so like every once and it's just. I don't know. It's just it was such a sad place because there, I mean there'd be guys that would literally rent a movie every single day, oh. come in. But um, there were times like I think the place was like open like all year long. I don't think I think maybe Christmas it shut down. because oh. they were raking in so much money because these people wanted these fucking tokens to jerk off to their fucking you know right. They wanted to go out. I mean, to and a- here's the thing. If okay, I get like the guys that are like on the down low, like they're living a secret life. They don't yeah. want anyone to know they're gay. But I know there were some guys that just wanted to fucking watch some porn and jerk off, and their wife won't let them fucking do that. And they right. had to fuck, let your husband have his one fucking tape, and he jerks off when you go out to like the spa or whatever the fuck you do. I mean, yeah, maybe some of these people were accepted about it at home. I mean, I feel like we got to save some more Larry conversations for next week just because like, this movie's already going to be five hours long. <laughs> yeah. Because we got to talk about that clientele because you know these. If you got kids at home, they're finding your tapes. Yeah. It's 100%. Oh, yeah. They're going to find them. So that I feel like we should continue the Larry conversation next week. Okay. Yeah, because we're going to go long. Into this, this is nine and a half I will, pages. I will say notes, one so. thing, though. When sometimes they ha- they would get shut down because, like I said, the you, cops. Yeah. Guys, you you would you would think you would told the guy their mom just died. The look on their face that they can't watch porn for like a fucking day. Like wow. the guys would be like, oh, like this, like totally like. This was their chance to get away from their house, to relax, to really <laughs> relax. Maybe scoop some jizz off the floor. Ugh. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> yeah, that's why he quit. He Did he have to, like, can people fresh? Like, was there fresh towels available or something? No, but <laughs> this, is, this is from a, a, a guy my my sister went out with. He went, I don't know, I think it was something there was towels. I don't know if it was, like, a massage parlor or if it was, like, one of these situations. And he, and this is my sister pointed out what an idiot he was. He's like, because he was a total, like, hipster douchebag. Well, so like when they the were handed towels, towel. like they were handed towels, and he was like, "Is a joke?" They like wiped their face with it. It was like, so I was just like, "You took a jizz rag and wiped your face with it? What the fuck are you thinking?" Because <laughs> they're supposed to be—I don't know what they were trying to be like ironically. You're supposed to wash your hands, so I'm just going to dab my face. He's like, "You just rub the fucking jizz on your face." Oh. Anyway, eight mile, eight millimeter. <laughs> we're nice. right up. We're right down we're the right street up. from eight mile. Let's get into it, Griff. That's We've had right. too much fun. Too much fun. Time to now get we're going to get really sick and twisted. Yeah, we're taking our shirts off. It's going to get hot and steamy in here because it's fucking erotic. Excuse me. Yeah. Sexual <laughs> thriller. Yeah. Sex thriller week. Start week two. Eight millimeter. This is the mortgage. Cindy's college money. If I do right by Mrs. Christian, the circle she runs in, this could be the break we've been waiting for. Can't take more than a couple weeks. That's all I can tell you, honey. Sometimes you can't know what I'm doing. It's better that way. It's always that way. 
You've come highly recommended, Mr. Wells. You're praised for your discretion. Thank you, ma'am. As you know, my husband passed away recently. Yes. My husband was the only one with the combination to this safe. These were my husband's private things. I didn't. I didn't realize. Do you want to tell me what you found, Mrs. Christian? Private Detective Tom Wells is one of the only people who has seen it. It is eight millimeters wide. It runs at 16 frames per second. And he has been hired to discover. All I want is to know this atrocity is false. I want the proof of it. If what's on it is real. Finding the guys who made this film is going to be very difficult. I need information. I thought you might be able to help. You name the vice, I name the price. I'm gonna tell you, there's things that you're gonna see that, that you can't unsee. They get in your head and they stay there. Some doors should never be opened. Tom, where are you? You dance with the devil. The devil don't change. The devil changes you. Because once you go through... I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. There is no going back. Nicholas Cage. I'm trying to understand! Whoever you were, just forget about it. I can't. There's no one left to finish this but me. Eight Millimeter. A film by Joel Schumacher. Alright, here we are in Did that turn you on? Oh, it better have turned you on If you didn't hear your dick get hard Or your or Is that how, you, is that how your dick sounds when it gets hard? Or your uh, undergarments get filled with wetness Then <laughs> you are not ready for this episode This is great for I tell you about Tom Wells coming into Ryan DeSantis' Florida yeah, Tom Wells, our, our lead, played by Nicolas Cage, is... He's banning all the books, but not pornography, that Ron DeSantis. Good for him. Do they make pornographic books anymore? Like I said, with the internet, is this all obsolete? I, I mean, we're going to bring it back with ye old sex shop. Look, I drive what? by four or five different strip clubs on my way to Kayla's house, and yeah. I drive by two adult bookstores. What's going on in those bookstores? Like, I get the strip club because it's like there's women there. Yeah. I mean, but... Who's fucking buying porn mags still in 2023? Strange people. Strange. And the thing is, I bet you can get it way cheaper online than any of these because they were charging 50 bucks for shitty VHS fucking 25 years ago. I'm I'm interested, maybe for some market research, I will have to go into one of these stores and figure (laughs) out what we should be pricing our shit at. But I mean, we're vintage, so of course we got to double it. Of course. But, uh, yeah, no, I can't imagine how much it would be. You can, like, do an OnlyFans, interact with the person, get them to do the thing you actually want them to do for probably a quarter of the price. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. I guess there's just some people, there's old school. They keep it old school. Yeah. Like, you know, they don't want to... 
Like, Deal with the computer. Like they want to go and find the people that they grew up. Right, it's the camarader. You're right. It's the camaraderie of the purse. The camaraderie. Exactly. I like how you did camaraderie that. Camaraderie of the creeps. Anyway, Tom Wells. <laughs> All right, Nicholas Cage is a private investigator, and he's basically he's in Miami. He's observing a person who's cheating on their wife. Yeah. And he gets all the info, flies to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where there's a senator. It was her daughter's husband, and he gives, he gives her the evidence because he's very professional. Yep. We're getting a lot of info about what kind of man Tom Wells is. Very professional, very about working his way up. Yes. He's working with a senator. Right. You know you need clearance for that kind of work. Right, and he's like he's trying, like he's he's not content to just be fucking Magnum, who just you know stays on his palatial estate with uh, Robin, whatever his name was, Math Masters, Robin Masters, Masters. the yes. third, the third. He is like I have a ch- wife and a child, and I must live in a McMansion in right. the fucking you know suburbs. He just thinks he's going to be doing all these cases where it's like oh it's an adulterer again, no big deal, whatever, but. You know, we're going to find out. And as he's walking out of the senator's uh, office, he sees a headline on the newspaper says, major industrialist dies at 81 years of age. Oh, I did not notice yes, that. Nice. Does. Joel Schumacher knows how to Very, yeah. details. A lot of shorthand. He just peppers it in, so you get the idea. We go home with Tom Wells back home in... Uh... Where I thought he was it? living in Pennsylvania, too. Like it looked like Pennsylvania. They gave it that Midwest fog. Yeah. You know, we talk about the Mexico filter all the time, but Midwest also has a it's like, dreary... It's like a gray... It's a gray filter. scale, yeah. yeah. That's what we're always... Look- when we yeah, say I it's mean, sunny out here, that's what we're seeing. This movie was definitely something David Fincher rejected. It's very, They're definitely going for that David Fincher vibe, that seven kind of vibe with this. Because that was hot at the time. You know? Not to be confused with Andy Sedaris' seven. Which, no, that's it's way better. It's a lot more sunlight, too. So he meets his wife and his beautiful baby. He calls her Cinderella. I don't, I hope Cindy was the name, so okay. Cinderella. Well, well yeah. good. I hope the baby's not even Cinderella. Yeah. But. Be dumb. And she's like, have you been smoking? So these are, like I said, these are good little things shorthand. Like, now we know he keeps secrets from his wife. Right, and he's good at hiding it. And right. when she calls him out on it, you smell like cigarette smoke. Oh, I haven't been smoking. My clients sometimes smoke. Maybe you're smelling it on my jacket. Maybe you, when I walk in the door, you shouldn't accuse me of smoking right off the bat. So immediately, right. got her on her heels. You're right. like, is Tom Wells a good fucking husband? He's clearly a great dad. Yes, he's a good as a provider, but is he a good as emotional provider? Yeah. And when his wife is like, kind of like, uh, again, on her heels and everything, he goes, why don't I cook you dinner? So it's push you the far away and then pulling you right back in. Oh, I'm such a sweet man. Deflection. Deflection. So they have that nice, I think he just made some fish sticks. But, you know, hey, he's a man. He's not a cook. And it just so happens that that is her aphrodisiac, burnt fish sticks, <laughs> because they are working his burnt fish stick in bed. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't think it would even rate on the Sweden scale. This is some like we've been married for ten years. We got yeah. a baby. We live in the suburbs, kind of. Right. Sex. Every single light is off. The fireplace isn't on. The radio's under not the on. covers. Under the covers. Under the sea. You got nothing. You actually hear a Disney movie Fire playing from the kids' Fire extinguished. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Boring. No moves. That's why I said before, I said we're doing sexual thrillers. We're not doing movies that rate on the Sweden scale because no. nothing. Cross this movie rates. Right. 
Next day, he gets a call from a Mr. Longdale. We get this shot of Nick Cage outside, Tom Wells, raking leaves sadly. This is a Midwest tradition. Yeah. We do this six months of the year. We just rake leaves in the gray. Just from back and forth. We don't bag them. We just... I don't know if everybody has Zoloft commercials. That's what the Midwest looks like. <laughs> it's constant Zoloft commercials. Gets a call from uh, Mr. Longdale, who is the lawyer for that industrial, Mr. Christian, that we saw earlier. Right. I hear you work with, you know, top-notch clientele. What is this voice? <laughs> I'm sorry. Because you think that's what a classy person would yeah. talk That's because our manservant, Mattingly, has a British accent. That's so got to be it. every servant has that's a British accent. And as soon as this guy starts talking, Nick Cage lights his cigarette in his house. Right. How the fuck does he get away with this? His wife is delusional. Because he gaslights his wife. Big time. Yeah. And he's like, we want to share at 4, 4 p.m. is fine. You know, they set up a meet, meet at 4 p.m. at Mrs. the Widow, Mrs. Christian's estate. Right. And he's like, do you need the address? Uh, no, I don't think I need the address to that place. Right. Because it's palatial. It's right next to Stately Wayne Manor where Bruce Wayne lives. Damn right. Heads out over there. We meet Mrs. Christian, a, a lovely old lady. Yeah, a very, very innocent old lady. In a wheelchair. In yeah, a wheelchair. Totally like, how could this woman be guilty of anything? Right. Horrible. We get a little rundown from Mr. Longdale, her attorney. We learned that Tom it was could have been a lawyer. But he chose to move into surveillance because that's where the world is moving into surveillance. Yep. But this is a nice, like I said, this is a nice shorthand because now that we know he could have been a lawyer, Tom is smart. We learn right. that trait. We don't, you know, we unlike Sensei Seagal, we have to have five pages of how amazing he is. Yes. And again, we learn lawyers. What do they do? They talk. They convince people, you know, of things that maybe aren't exactly one hundred percent true. Just like we saw with his wife. So Mrs. Christian gets straight to the point. She's like. Young man, my husband was a great, he came to charity. We raised five great children, ten great grandchildren. But this, he would never allow me in his man cave, his inner sanctum, he called it. That's right. And we see he's got this office, he's got a painting of himself up on there, very Trumpian. That's definitely what you do when you reach that echelon of money, is you lose connection with humankind and you have oil paintings done of yourself and like every great uh rich guy he's got a safe hidden behind that painting up and so right and they there was no comment he, he never allowed her ever in there she didn't even know it existed yeah they had to spend big just to get the they safe had tracked. to get the indian from body double to come in with his drill yeah to get into that fucking so listen to body yeah. double to understand what that means right and she's like, I found something very out of the ordinary. This film. And she pulls out this 8mm. That's where the title comes from. This 8mm film. And it turns out, she's like, I, 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 did she watch it? She Did the lawyer watch oh, it? Uh, I don't. Actually, yeah. I don't know who watched it here because they know about there's a girl in this I got to believe she watched it. And I'm not going to give away a reason why. Yeah. But, yeah, she's like. It's this horrible, this girl's being murdered. I want to know, is this real? I can't believe my husband would have this in his possession. Is this real? I need you to find out. Is this girl still alive? Right. And so he's like, "Uh, ma'am, what you're describing there is a smut film. It's a snuff film. Snuff film. Urban legend in the pornography scene. So I guarantee you what you've been seeing there 
it's probably special effects, visual artists, you know. Faces of death. Faces of death. You might have heard of this guy, Brian De Palma, huge in the erotic thriller scene. <laughs> He's got stuff that you would be convinced is total snuff, but at the end of the day, it's all smoke and mirrors. And he's like, but would you please still watch it just to be sure? And he's like, sure, I'll watch it. So like, he's got his own, the guy's got his own private screening room. He's, well, of course he does. He's got probably multiple eight, eight millimeter reels, you know. Of right. Fucking, like we talked about with the VHS people who still buy porn on VHS. That's uh, his style. Yeah, that, Griff. VHS or should we just go eight millimeter? Should we only sell eight millimeter in our? Ah, uh, Murray, we're vintage, we're hipster, <laughs> we can do both. All right, that doesn't leave the shop either, though. Like yes. the laser disc, the eight millimeter can't. Well, leave. because they don't make this that film anymore. It's exactly. all digital now. Exactly. Yeah. And just think about it. It's like a it's like a, a noise machine while you're jerking off. Like you hear the the reel running and everything. Yeah. I believe that's what it is. So Tom starts watching and he's like, oh, this is no way this is real. And then he sees this very scared young girl. They're in this like crack house. It's horrible looking. Tarped up like a Dexter kilt room. Right. And then this man, this very dumpy man with a gimp mask comes into frame and he grabs a girl by her face and we see a pentagram tattoo on his hand. Right. And we're like, wow, this looks pretty goddamn creepy. Starts, you know, going. He walks over to a little like, um, like the nurse trays with all yeah. the fucking instruments on. But he's got knives and you know bullshit like that. And so he grabs a knife and walks over. And what does he start? He just starts slashing, slashing across like, the this chest. This is the shortest. Fuck. You think if you're paying big money for this, you'd want to the, have the whole scene set up? Is a snuff film just about killing, or is it about fucking and then killing? I think. It could be both, but I think okay. you have to have a death in it. That okay. is the definition of a snuff film. But I would assume, death like, I assume, if you're doing that, you're sick enough to do that, you probably would rape the person too. I thought, I thought the whole idea was supposed to be they were gonna fuck and then kill or kill and then fuck. You know, sorry, that's gruesome, but yeah, I thought that was the idea. But they, it, from what yeah, I could tell, this, this movie literally lasts thirty seconds. It's not, it's like not a long movie, right? But I guess this guy just gets to the point. He just wants to see someone die. Maybe you know, the husband had had rape films already, you know, and he got bored with that. So, yeah, so this girl just gets slashed, cut the fuck up by this this masked character. So Tom returns after watching it, and he's you know, tells her, well, it does look very realistic. And Mrs. C, Mrs. Uh, Christian, tells him, okay, I just want you to try to find this girl Figure out if it was real or fake. I need to know what kind of man my husband really was. Right. Money is no issue. I will give you whatever you need. And he's like, well, uh, he's like, but she's like, but please do not mention him at all. Don't, don't go to the police. Doesn't want the press getting a hold right. of this. I don't, because if this is, if this isn't a murder, I don't want my husband's names being dragged through the mud. Right. He's done a lot of good for this. Right. She was like, I don't know why he went to the, po- he could have watched porn in the house. Instead, he's going out and fucking watching. No. So you think Mrs. Christian's the kind of a cool wife that would allow us? You know, he wouldn't have to go to the front page. Then? Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, she was. She would have been like, "Yeah, fucking yeah. bring your porn in the house." But no, he ran away and watched his porn secretly, and she knew. So Tom's like, "All right, I'm gonna handle this like a missing persons case. I'm gonna, you know, work my magic, and uh, I'll get back to you." But he's, he's like, "Look, because Mr. Mr. Longdale, the, the attorney's there. He's like, I'm only gonna talk to you." 
Yeah. I'm not talking through your intermediary. Yeah. This is between you and me. Right. And Miss Christensen agrees to it. Longdale's like, no offense taken, my boy. <laughs> so Tom gets home. Uh, uh, he runs to his daughter because he's shook up. He's like, cause he's like, I have a daughter. That was somebody's daughter in that movie. So this is why it really is personal to him. Even though it's a baby, he's just like, oh, my God, this could some might happen to my daughter. I can imagine this happening. So he like he just grabs her and hugs her you right. know, immediately. It is fun. creepy, though, because the baby is lying awake, middle of the night, just staring up at the ceiling, and Nick Cage walks in, and she does not react. She's just like, I don't give a shit. Whatever. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? Anyways, next morning. Tom's telling his wife, Amy, that he has to head out to Cleveland. You know, it's just a missing persons case. No big deal. There's like no trail whatsoever. There's no chance. Yeah, he's like, I'll be her. back two weeks tops. Yeah. And but then he's bringing. But she sees he's killing his gun. She's like, well, why do you need your gun if you're just doing missing persons? Like, oh, I probably won't even need it. It's just there for, you know, you know, looks, you know, make you look badass. It makes me look a little badass, makes people actually talk a little bit more. And also it just makes my dick feel bigger. So Tom flies out to Cleveland, the the Paris of America, as we call it. That's right, Rock and, and Roll Hall. Of he does fame. stop at the Rock and Roll fan. He's he's so outraged that Iron Maiden still hasn't been put in the Rock and Roll fan. Come on, Rock at and Roll fame. I don't want them in there. No, I don't think it's they want to be there. To be out of there, exactly. it's just like the WWE Hall of Fame. Everybody's exactly. in there. It's better to be out of there. So he hits up the U.S. Uh, resource. resource Department, and the guys like. I could this statistic be real? A million people go disap- disappear every year. I can't argue that sounds with sounds like it, a lot. That is a lot. I mean, a million that, is a lot. That's that's almost that's one like percent of our population. A million a year is about as much as we lost to the C word a couple <laughs> yeah. years ago. Yeah. To think uh, they just went missing is even so, crazier. I, don't know, I call suspect on that stat, but this okay. guy, by the way, he's use is he using his fake name at this point? Tom? Yeah. No, he's like, uh, I think he's okay. using. Because his... at one point, I thought he started using an alias. I don't think so. I think okay. he's just using, you know. But he's walking in. He's just like, oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm helping out with this case. We just want to find somebody. And they're like, look, million people, we don't give a shit who comes in here. If you want to look in through our database, you can look through our database. <laughs> oh, you guys got some coffee around here? No. I mean, yes, it's awful. But by the third day, it'll be your best friend. Care for a money shot? That's what we call espresso. Is that where we got the name from? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So he pours over that. No, not so far. Nothing. He's got, right. And then he goes back to his hotel room. He's constantly watching that movie. He's becoming obsessed. We learn that he's the kind of guy when he's on a case, he comes obsessed with the case. Yes. Because he told his wife, "I'm going to call you every night." Right. He's trying to do the good husband thing. Right. Um. Again, very manhunter. It's like he gets into the mind of the killer, and he's trying to figure it all out. And he's also got this beautiful rigged up system, because now he's got the reel to reel set up vertically, pointing down into like a capture. For technology that I was like, does this even exist? Very Blade Runner. Yeah, very Blade Runner. And so he's able to go frame by frame and take pictures right. and upload it to a computer. Yes, and he's going, enhance, enhance. It's just not working because he's just yelling, and still, enhance. it's so grainy. Yeah. Like, very, I mean, I know that's probably the director's aesthetic, but if I'm paying a million dollars for a snuff film, I want to see what's going on. I don't know why it's so grainy. Okay, yeah. But I, we learned that our director is an artist. He's he's not just a scumbag. He knew he was bringing his money to right. right. He was wanting, uh, you know, David Lynch's version of this movie. 
a character we'll meet later. What Velvet? Dino Velvet. Dino Velvet. Great name, by the way, for a porn slice. That is a great name. So he's he says he's inspecting it frame by frame, and the only clue he comes up with is the type of film that this was filmed on. Supralux five forty four. So he goes off to like a place that does you know uh, like uh, tapes, uh, films, VCR, all that yeah. shit. And uh, he learns developing developing. That's the word I'm yeah. looking for. Develops the film. And he learns that this film is discontinued in 1992. So this girl had to be around that time when this Six happened. Six to seven years ago. Right. So he's like, he's like, fuck, you know, this is going to be harder than I thought. But Tom, he's, now he's got some. He's got some clues and he yeah. wants to report back. Again, he's very professional. So he's reporting back his findings. Mrs. C's paying him a lot of money. She's a millionaire, too. So right. he's like, you know, I got to get good with these people. Can you check your financial records from six, seven years ago? Maybe we can find something. <laughs> And so she's like, I could do that. Of you course, know. you're doing great work, my boy. Keep at it. So Tom's, he's watching the thing. Oh, this is where he finds, he sees the hand with the, he sees the tattoo. So he's It's like, the most obvious fucking thing. It's like yeah. not noticing the guy was white in the film. <laughs> Back to the resource center. He finds, he's going through all these shots of missing persons. He finally, because he's got, now he has, he's got that picture of her that he, he said he uses his, Blade Runner machine to like, like yeah 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 print and out a picture of print her. out a picture of her and then he also knows now because of the film to look in like six to seven and the guy told us this is how they're organized children here adults here by the year so he was able to whittle it down to 1993 I'm looking for a teenager so she was not an adult so right. He got he got to you know focus in on one area. Finds the match. It's Marianne Matthews has been missing since 1993. It all falls into place. But now he's got to talk to his his her mom. Her mom. Yeah, he's got to find her first. Right. Which did she live in Cleveland? Was yeah, that, she was in that, Cleveland. Was that coincidental? Very coincidental. And so he heads out to her place. Very dreary apartment she lives in. Yeah, it looked like it was a, a duplex or something. It was like a house, but. Yeah. And and she, uh, she's not home. Neighbor says that she's at work. She works at a supermarket, so he goes to the supermarket. Again, just we gotta go to see how bad of a life she's working yeah. at a local supermarket. So yeah. it's like she's just clearly, yeah, clearly she's living the worst life. She's drinking a bottle of whiskey at night, so she has some money, but she's a broken woman. Yes. We get that. Well, right, your daughter disappeared. Yeah, years so ago. So he he. Uh, he uh, lies to her basically and pretends he knows the FBI agent that was on the missing persons case. Yes, did, was... did the FBI? Did he? He want he notify you? Oh, you mean Agent uh, Mulder? Oh yeah, Agent Mulder. Yeah, yeah. He should have told you I was coming by. I'm gonna help him out. He's just got his hands full, hands tied. His hands are tied. And he's like, I want Aria. I don't want to get any expectations up here, but you know, I'm gonna try my best to find your daughter. So they go to her back to her apartment because he, you know, she's got photographs out. He's looking over there. Right. They're they're just kind of like shooting the shit. Give you me know? any background. What, what what was your family life like? And she's like, Well, you didn't get along with my my husband Dave, his stepfather. Stepfather. That you know, it's always a stepfather. They were they were button heads constantly. She was hitting those teen years, and well, outside of Dave, uh, was she like? Maybe sleeping around with some dudes, hanging out with some guys after dark or something. Well, as a matter of fact, she would come home with hickeys on her neck. She was definitely sneaking out. And it's like, oh, interesting, interesting. 
And then he's like, "Were I mean, you, were there any big blowups or you know feuds or anything between you guys?" And she's like, "Yeah, one time I caught her like sneaking out." And we had a big blow up, and then she just ran away the next day. Well, Dave got involved, and we were yelling about Dave, and then I I hit her. I slapped the shit out of her, and then she ran away. Well, can, do you mind if I go Griffin through her, her her bedroom at all? No, go right ahead. If you can find a clue, I mean, the FBI combed over it. I don't Because, of course, she it, she didn't touch the room for the past seven, Six eight years. Six to seven years, yeah. yeah. And she and she even pointed out she's like their birthday presents, wrap birthday presents on the table. I get her one for every year. That's right. That's how good of a mom I am. So he starts griffing through her shit, and it's, you know nothing really turns up. Then he starts. Wa- I mean, this is exactly how I would work too. It's like I get bored of one room, and then I just wander the house, <laughs> and I like, look. It's like. I gotta take a douche. You got a, you got a bathroom here. What was up with this bathroom? <laughs> okay, this was clearly the abandoned bathroom. She's got to yeah. have one by her bedroom. Yes, because some places have. My sister Julie has in her uh, house in uh, Tacoma. There's a toilet in the in the basement, like a grimy. T- I don't know what that's. I, she told me there was some reason for it. Like, yeah. Like some kind of like sewage line shit. That would make sense, yeah. Because that's what it looked like. It was, it was just like, it looked like an outhouse. Right. It was this it, grimy, dark little room with a toilet in it. This is, I'm doing the notes and I look up, I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck did he walk into? This is attached to the house. It looks like an outhouse. It, it had the fucking light with the string you pull on. It, it looks like you couldn't see moonlight coming in <laughs> through the fucking boards that are set There up. was like a crescent moon cut out, you yeah, know, like an outhouse. <laughs> that too. Yeah. It's, there was just newspaper to wipe your ass. It was that. like It was rustic. Yeah, it's disgusting. And all the time you're hearing uh, Janet in the kitchen pouring just glow, 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 glow. I'm making you a drink. I hope you're thirsty. And glow, 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 glow. She's thirsty. Yeah, she's, she's thirsty for a lot of things. Right. The fog, the smog. Well, Dave's been gone for six, seven years. She didn't want to date around. I mean, this mom could get it on, but, you know, it's she's. She's too caught up in the daughter thing. All right. Uh, this is very just like we need to move the plot along because he's just like, yeah. I'm going to go check thank, the tank. Th- thank you, Joel, for moving the plot along <laughs> yeah. for one scene he of the movie. He decides to just check the tank. You know, people usually hide, you know, their their diaries or prized possessions in the toilet tank. Tom must have been a troubled teen, too. Tom must have been a troubled teen. <laughs> Tom the troubled teen. He had some goth elements. That's him. right. He Well, he was always wearing that sleeveless shirt. <laughs> yeah. That sheer sleeveless shirt. <laughs> he always was in this movie. So he opens the tank up, and there's a diary in a plastic bag. It's been there for the six or seven years. That's some good plastic. That's really good plastic, yeah. And sure enough, it's it's uh, Marianne's diary. And he'll, he leafs through it, looking through it. Yep. And we learned that... You know, she actually did hide the diary from Dave. She left a note in it. Like, her last entry was to her mom, telling her... I didn't run away because you hit me. I ran away because I fucking hate Dave. And also... I'm in love. With Warren... Anderson. And I'm going to be a fucking star. Yeah, we're going to move to California. This this is classic teenage fucking like romance. Right. When you live in fucking dreary-ass Cleveland, you're like, right. I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm not going to be the next Plumber Moxley. I'm going right. to be a fucking star. Right. You can't wait to get the fuck out of your shitty little hometown. Yeah. Everyone's going to. You didn't have as. Opiates weren't as available back then as they are now. So you had to go out and find your way in life. Right. You know? And, you know, it's like it's like the whole plot of Mulholland Drive. You know, it's just you, you think you're just going to arrive there. Next thing you know, you're a movie star. 
because she is convinced that because of how in love she is with Warren, she's going to be a star. I've got fire in my eyes. Everyone will notice me. Right, and Warren tells me how beautiful I am and how I'm going to be a big star. You know, the classic, you know, the cock smog that he's blowing her away. Exactly. He's blowing it all over her. And so she's like, hey, want one of those drinks? I'll be out there in a minute. And then he just <laughs> hides. He's like, this is a two-flusher. And then he... he <laughs> He hides. The, oh, Dave always had a three flushers. I get it. He hides the diary. Does he take diary? I think he hides the high diary back, right? He doesn't take it. I thought it. he took it with him. Okay, whatever. So now he's got to lead Warren, this boyfriend. So he goes over it. He finds out where Warren's father works at like some garage. Yeah. Goes over there. He's like. Because she left in the message, you know, Warren's dad, Mr. Anderson, <laughs> who owns the car shop down the street. It's like. Right. 759. <laughs> Douchebag Lane, you know. <laughs> Joel, thank you for moving the movie so along. Like, oh, hey, it's, it's warned around. I got, I got some money for him, you know. It's like, well, you know, you, you can give it to me. Yeah, uh, I think I'm gonna give it straight to him. Cause he's he moved in, out to Florida, right? Not, California, oh, okay. right? Max Hollywood, right? He's like, no, he's living in fucking Fayetteville. He's in the fucking penitentiary. Eight months for a B and E. So it goes out there. We get it. Hey, man, Walking Dead fans. We get Daryl, everyone's favorite emo. That's right. Zombie killer back when he was a baby. You don't know this name, but he's big in the video game world. Hideo Kojima is obsessed with Norman Reedus. You might have seen clips for the game Death Stranding. And so he's a package delivery guy in the future who carries a baby in like a fucking chamber on him. It's a huge meme because Hideo Kojima's games are always nuts. But he's obsessed with Norman Reedus. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so we see him. He's just like mopping the floor. He's like, yeah, I knew that bitch. I fucking, when I fucked her, I dumped her. I went out to Hollywood. She fucking followed me out there, came knocking on my door, said, we're in love. And I said, no, we're not. Go the fuck away. <laughs> so I dumped her ass. She's fucking slutty bitch. And she yeah. said she's going to Tits work. weren't even good. Yeah, she said she was going to work at the titty bars. And I told her, your tits aren't even good. Those fried egg titties, you ain't doing it. Get the fuck out of here. So we, so like, Tom's rightfully disgusted with this creep. So, hey, let me get a cigarette off of you. And then Tom drops it, does a Rudy Ray rub out. I don't smoke. <laughs> burn, his cigarette burned him. All right, so Tom goes back to visit Janet again, of course. She's desperate for company. I haven't made love to a man in six to seven years. Yeah. She was wearing like her mom outfit before and she's like, I'm gonna fucking double down on my mom outfit. Now she's wearing the mom skirt with Whoa. the mom sweater. She she's, ma- she's making sloppy joes too. Oh the way my god. Man's heart is through the sloppy joes. She's thinking that that's what this guy's into. Well, like Cleveland, every man in Cleveland wants like, the mom, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, wants the sloppy joe. Oh, sloppy joe. Yeah. That's the aphrodisiac of Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Not Skyline Chili. <laughs> no. Or are there sloppy joes made with Skyline of Chili? There are. Of course they are. We got you solved, Cleveland. You can only get it in Cleveland, though. Yeah, that's right. Well, no one else has the so fucking... So, uh, Tom's feeling... He can, he can read the room. He's feeling a little guilty. So, yes, he is... You know what, man? Maybe I will take you up on that drink. What'd you say it was? Three shots of whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> They're just lined up. And she's like, and the last one's in my belly button. <laughs> and so, <laughs> this is called the Midwest mating, you know? Yes. <laughs> so 
Tom, he feels bad about all the whole what's he's, he's he's misleading her, you know, he's not legit. And he's like, I got to ask you, like, have you ever considered Mary? What if she never comes back? Maybe I haven't forbid something happened or she's no longer with. Have you ever thought about that? Would you want to know if she's alive or dead? She's like, of course, I want to know six or seven years. <laughs> Girls, get in the sizzle reel ready. She thought she was going to be a huge actor. Six, <laughs> seven years now, every time the phone rings with that fucking cigarette burning in her hand and the whiskey shaking, every time the phone rings, I imagine it's her. I think about her every single day. And then so he realizes, I, all right, I got to give her the diary. So he goes back. He's like, "Can I he check the room one more time?" He doesn't hand it to her. No, yeah, yeah he, he 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 he's a coward about it. He like goes to the room and leaves the. He takes a photograph of Marianne. Yeah, and then leaves the diary. All right, and now we know where our next lead is. Hollywood, 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 swinging. How, how Not many swingers swinging? Swingin'. How many people would you say in Hollywood in 1999? Oh, it was a boom year, 1999. Well, the mask came out two years earlier, so everybody was like, I can be an actor. Jim Carrey fever was yeah. in effect. 232,573. That's a lot of people. Hell yeah. Nuts to butts. That's how fucking close it was. And we've got to do a montage to see all the people living in a Hollywood. A sleaze montage. It's a sleaze montage. Dirty fucking Reeboks everywhere. <laughs> yeah. We had one. Can we see Paul Kersey in his knit cap and his peacoat just wandering yep. around? Way too hot for that, Paul Kersey. You right. look like you stand out. Uh, we got fucking one guy not hacky sacking, but tossing a hacky sack. <laughs> 99 was my hacky sack year, so that's why I was offended. Yeah. He hadn't figured it out yet. Yeah, well, clearly. So, yeah, so he's hitting the streets. He's talking to runaways, homeless kids, anybody that looks like they're sleazy and drifter-ish. And then, of course, Norman Reedus left, with this, left us with that clue. She was going to work at it. Why, why am I doing Nick Cage for it? <laughs> she was going to work at a titty bar. So he's right. like, okay, I'll check out some titty bars and shit. Right. Nothing happens there, but then he stops in the neighboring adult bookstore. And it's like maybe I can find some leads here because like because they have the mag because he put he he buys he doesn't buy like fucking penthouse he buys like the magazines that have like the call girl type shit in the back yes yes he's trying so, to find the local and like shit. and like like massage parlors and all that kind of shit like yeah you know. these got the local ads and everything right in it. yeah he doesn't want a national level so he, he just buys a giant stack of them right and he does go up to the counter even though this is a movie he still keeps it true to life and he says. Yeah, these are for my friend. We're going to play a prank on him. Yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix plays Max California. Yeah, sure. He's heard that one a million times. Yeah. Today. Yeah. He looks like Nick, uh, Tom, looks to the side. He sees just a bunch of fucking gimp masks, and that calls him back to that movie. Yeah. I, I of course, had the Laserdisc version of this, and you get a further, like the camera's a little further out. You see what's in that glass cabinet there, and Murray, I got to tell you, they had a Kinjet Tache case. Whoa. They and had the fucking Magnificent Seven? That's right. The Magnificent Seven. The only way seven. you can hear what the Magnificent Seven is to listen to our Death Wish 3 episode available on YouTube and on our SoundCloud. That's right. And right there on the top shelf, the Excelsior 9000. <laughs> oh, my God. The Incelsior. The Incelsior. Excuse me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think they made those anymore in 99. I thought well, they got discontinued after the the the, uh, 
the ten to midnight murders. Yeah, I thought uh, they did too, but apparently maybe it's may it's vintage Griff. We need to start selling in Celsius five thousand old school is, sex right. toys. Uh, think about all the fucking gun nuts who would love to have one that replicate. We could do one that's an right. AR fifteen kind of sex toys that are run on a car battery. Like that's that's right. how old school they are. Oh my god, this is gonna be. F- we're gonna make so much <laughs> stupid money. It's crazy. So. We, this is where we meet Max California. What did you think about the look? Max, he had the Wolverine hair. Our coffee will make your dick hard and your stool soft. <laughs> Boom. I'm getting back to the movie. Oh, yeah, okay, go. Max California, how, did, what do you, how do you feel about his look, Griff? Well, uh, Do you imagine this is what a guy who worked in an adult bookstore would dress? If you ask me what is a cool guy who works at a porn store look like, it's this guy. He looks like Billy Joel Armstrong of Green Day fame, which was very hot in 1999. He's got look. he's got like he's got Wolverine hair. He's got Wolverine hair. He curls it inward, or I guess that was Prodigy at the time was doing that too, because that music video scared me when I was 12. <laughs> and so okay. yeah, I would have been scared of this guy. But then he's always always wearing like women's shirts or something. Yeah, very tight, form fitting, because which was, which was rare in the 90s. Yeah. There was like, an outlier. They're like half sleeve shirts. They go almost to his elbow. Like really? The, I thought he had three quarter sleeves. He had well, half three sleeves? quarter goes over your elbow. Yeah, that's what I thought he was wearing. They go, they go just to the elbow. Okay. So that's again why I'm like, are these women's shirts? Could be because they don't fit his arm correctly, and then they don't fit his belly correctly. So yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is just sticking that gut out there. Right, and he's wearing leather pants. Oh, of course he is. And he's got a, a smut man, um, a novel he's reading. Right. Like, what you reading? And he just shows it's like teenage enema freaks or something. Right. And then the cover kind of falls off and we see, no, he's not. This is an educated man. He's reading Truman Capote's or as somebody once told me and corrected me, Capote. I slapped the shit out of that person. When Did I said you? That. Yes. I'm wow. like, Capote. It's Capote. In cold blood. In cold blood. And only an educated man would read something like that. Oh, Capote. You wouldn't want the filth around here to see you reading something highly intelligent like Capote. I think that's what Max said. He's like, I don't want to, you know, disappoint our customers. It could have been either by of reading them something. Line. So this is where Tom, once again, this good movie shorthand. Tom's like, this guy knows shit. Like, I, this guy's more than he appears. Like, I think I might need to use this guy. He's a lawyer. He reads people immediately. He knows exactly how to dress them down. And dress him back up. So Tom goes back. He also said, do you have Holly Does Hollywood? Of course we got that. We got 9,000 copies of it. They could not stop printing that movie. So he goes back to the hotel room. He's pouring over that porn. And uh, that's when he gets the call from Amy. His wife. She's like, you haven't been calling. I thought you were supposed to call me every night. Right. So we have we have not been keeping Meanwhile, track the, of it. Meanwhile, the fucking 8 millimeter movie's playing again. This is yeah. his fucking millionth viewing of this we haven't been keeping too close to track of it but there's a lot of cuts of him calling his wife in the movie just to yeah. check up to oh, show no, the, you the, well there's a lot of, of her calling and not he's not picking up well so, it starts yeah. out with them you yeah. know calling oh i've almost got this case there's nothing i'm not going to be able to do anything and then as he gets further into it he gets more distance with his wife right because just she's, showing but, you well he's just showing how he com- he becomes consumed with his case right and know? so now he's sitting down answers the phone and he starts watching the movie, the eight millimeter again, right. and he says, I gotta let you go. I'll call you back yeah. sometime. Right. Hangs up on her. And he notices and freezes the front. I couldn't make even with laser disc, I couldn't make out what the <laughs> fuck we were supposed to be looking at. Right. But he sees something. And he's like, I enhance, enhance. And like it's 
even if he the, the even the Blade Runner technology is not going to figure this out. He's got to go somewhere, right? So he goes back to that place. I did appreciate that he went somewhere, and it looked right. like Epcot Center. So Maybe it was. It was the deluxe film center or something. I don't know, but they let you know that they have the most advanced technology around. This sounded like the Steven Seagal build-up rap sheet thing, right? And she's like, "And the best we could do is this," and we just see a back of a guy's head. That's it. She's like, "We did the fucking most. We have two, two, year two thousand. This is nineteen ninety nine. We have year two thousand level technology, and this is all we could get. This is all we could do." But he's got something. He's got something. He, sees it, he knows that there, there was at least a nut, there was a guy doing the murders, a guy filming it, and another guy. Right. Three people involved. Well, four, I guess, if you could include the filmer. So Tom, he's like, well, that kid at the porn shop, he clearly has my best chance of getting into the underbelly of the porn world. So I got to go back and talk to him. So he goes back to visit him. He's like, I want to pay you. Look like you're a smart kid. I want to pay hey, you. Do you remember me? You're back for that fucking battery-operated Encelsior 5000, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm a private investigator, and he pulls out his fucking PI thing, and then they go out, like, Max like, whoa, 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 like, let's go out and back. Let's go back, let's go back. Walks out, he goes through the fucking porno booth aisle, hey, stop jerking each other off in there. Yeah, yeah. Larry probably had There's to do a, that. There was, the, right, straight out real life, just a guy <laughs> licking the floor. <laughs> With a fucking half on a uh, uh, furry suit, and then like Max does the the, cl- and they do it a few times in this movie. You are you a cop? Because you have to tell pull yeah. you have to do that. That's such a God, movie that's thing. Such a you gotta man. tell me you're a cop. I'm not a cop. I promise. So Max, while they're walking back there, aside from all the cop bullshit and everything, he's insisting. If you got a kink, I've got I've got a oh shit. There was a good rhyme there. Now a, a, a lead or whatever. Oh, there was such a good rhyme there, and I messed it up. But yeah. Like, so, look, you know, he's like, I'll give you $500 a day over a couple of days worth of work. And he's like, how about six? It's like, look, buddy, I know I know you're, you're lucky to make fucking 400 a month working here. You know, take the money. And he's like, all right, but I got to haggle with you. You know, you wouldn't yeah. respect me if I didn't haggle. That's right. And so he agrees to it. And he's like, what? When's the next time you're available? Uh, I work real late tomorrow. Tomorrow's perfect. I'm out of here. All right. See you, pops. Just don't call me Pops. That night, they're in the slimiest Zarg Valley you've ever seen. Drenched, dripping. Dripping as much as our, our listeners are from us discussing this movie. I, well, we haven't even talked about a sexual scene. <laughs> I, we talked about the Encelsior and people are fucking dripping. Right. That's our fucking sexy voices. I mean, I heard that this suction power on the Encelsior 5000 is enough to get a woman off, too. Yeah. That's how incredible it is. It's oh. not. It's supposed to be made, made for men, and it still works on women. Strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. <laughs> so they're walking, and like Max lays it out. He's like, "Look, let me handle it." Doesn't go. It's not film. It's not film. No, be cool, man. This is some underground shit. God, right? th- literally best best segment of the movie right here. This and is it. We, they do a little chit chat. We get to learn about Max. He's like, "What's a? You seem pretty on the ball. Why are you working at this place?" He's like, "Well, you know how it is. I came out to fucking Hollywood to get my fucking rock band on. It's been I've been here six fucking years, still working on it. I'm on my fourth band. We're trying to do like the dancing industrial thing. Right, that's the hottest thing right now. Did you ever hear Danzig had a career before this? It seems weird to me." But he's like, look, before we go into this fucking lair, I'm going to warn you. 
that once you go down this kink spiral, you may never come back out. When you dance with the devil, he changes you. You don't change him. That's right. So they enter Mexican <laughs> porn apartment. <laughs> and I have no idea. What did Joel Schumacher think of? What has he seen? What has he done to build these sets that were the next few sets we're about to see? I don't know. This is amazing to me. All right, we see there's some uh, women or obviously prostitutes that are making the kissy faces at, at Tom. There's like a fucking Danny Trejo looking like chubby kind of dude, long hair. He's got like a whip and he's just wearing little underoos on. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so much great fucking They go in like a kitchen or something. There's piles of VHS tapes everywhere. Yeah, it looked like they were an outside kitchen or an indoor. It was incredible. Like, the, the work that was in here. And, and it's like, it's just this. Filth, kitty porn, all the bestiality. Yes, that's right. The what? All this. They're like, we can't afraid. We're afraid to sell smut. But yeah, kitty porn's right there. Because <laughs> well, no one's no one's harmed in that. <laughs> Here's the thing. So we just went through this thing where Max is like, "Look, be cool," and he's like, "Excuse me, El Snuffo, El Snuffo," you know. And the guy, oh, I said smut again. And then, and then fucking the guy pulls a gun on fucking Tom. Oh, cool, brother. Be cool. You know, and like Max is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, the big problem with that is he's because he doesn't speak Spanish. So he tells Max, tell this guy I want a smut film or snuff film. What? And then Max has to relate it to Spanish. What? So Max was saying, be cool. Don't just ask everybody <laughs> if they have a snuff film. And then he tells him, ask him if he has a snuff film. Max just goes along with it. Yeah. Yeah. He just keeps saying El Snuffo. <laughs> and it's like, dude. Pelicula cool. El Snuffo? <laughs> the guy pulls the gun and says, get the fuck. He gra- he, he's like, well, bro, he like takes all of uh, Tom's money right. and they kick him the fuck out. That's right. And they're like, well, let's not uh, you know, count our wounds tonight. Let's fucking go to the next he's place. He's like, I've heard that there's a snuff uh, porn swap meet going on right now. Well, yeah, this is, uh, you know, your your weekend flea market in the weird place <laughs> yeah, where everyone puts bro. shit out. It rains all over it, and they still yeah. sell it for full yeah, price. They're in, like, this dank basement with, like, fucking 20-foot ceiling. It's it's one of those fucking uh, Ninja Turtle fucking sewer layers. I was going to say, this is Punisher's hangout. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, what's his name's Punisher? Uh, Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren's Punisher. Well, he would kill all these motherfuckers. Well, yeah, if he were there, but this is well, two yeah, years so this later. This is literally... A dark like before the dark web people. If you wanted to get your smut on, you had to go to a porn, a, a dark web swap meet. Yeah, it's literally a swap meet. People have card tables set up with their display of fucking filth like signs, kids, midgets, dogs. Yep. yep. You know. I, again, it's like if you've ever gone to like a modern record store sale. None of this shit's organized. <laughs> that was the worst part. That's though. the worst part. Worst is that part. I saw. You- also, it's. Worse when you got people who don't know how to grade stuff properly. Yeah. Like he's like, there's some foxing on the edge here. This is clearly, this isn't mint. There's this some, isn't near mint. This is bullshit. This is very fine at best. Very fine at best. So, yeah, and they got the laser discs and shit. They got everything. As we're, of course, walking in here, Max is explaining again look, this is a big old porn swap. There's a lot of porn zombies, people who just, they can't watch Regis and Kelly. They watch porn. <laughs> well, but they think it's, they can't even watch regular porn. They got to watch the six. They can't even. They were like you said, they're zombies to regular porn. They're immune. Right. You may have heard uh, about this thing called the internet, uh, Tom. Yeah, 
it's going to ruin porn for the modern swap. Like, those are the modem. <laughs> the purists. Sw- the modem swappers <laughs> is what he called them because he used a modem to get on the internet. Modem swappers. Thank you for that. Uh, so he's like, these are the old school swappers, though. And soon enough, this market will dry up. And Except Max's, when we start our yes, old porn shop. Except for the two shops that exist on 8 Mile and yeah. our shop in Brooklyn, which <laughs> yeah. will be the shop. Right. 8mm laser disc. People who VHS. Work, people who work at our shop will have to dress like Joaquin Phoenix in this movie. They yes, have to they wear will. Women shirts. Yes, they will. Yeah. Everybody, man, yeah. woman, non gendered, yeah, all of them. Yeah. All, everybody. Right. Yeah. No locks in the bathroom either. Oh, of Just course saying. not. Of course not. You never know. You never know. <laughs> so, and of course, there's a glory hole in every wall. Of course. <laughs> but do not stick your dick out in our store. Yes. That's where we draw the line. <laughs> no floor liquors at our show. Oh, my God. No floor liquors. So Max sees an old friend, starts chatting with her. Tom's just browsing. He sees like he's fleefing through some kitty porn. Disgusted, as he should be. Right. More and then he can. sees there's a guy like on like a, like a dais almost. Right. Again, sewer systems are fucking weird. He's on a pedestal. <laughs> right. Because he sells the good shit, the way beyond yes. shit. Yes. So he's got a handwritten on like a beer case. There's probably Bud Light <laughs> after he threw away his cans because it's gone too woke. Right. And he carved off the one side and wrote on it, you know, way out there. Uh, and he's got like four movies or something. Right. Like. So what are, you, what are you selling this way beyond? I got the hottest shit around. Rape, battery, assault, robber kitty. No! Just having sex. You hear nine people vomiting in the background <laughs> at the utterance of Robert yeah. Ginty. This is, this is called our cool down moment because you guys are getting too aroused. So we, we just throw Ginty out there yeah. and automatically you're all limp. You notice you're all limp right now. Yeah, you notice you're all limp. Yeah, well, we're going to build you back up. Don't yeah, worry. you notice you're all limp. Two more hours to go. Yeah. So it's like, no, I want the hard stuff. Where do you got that? Schnoff, that shit don't exist. He gets pissed. Yeah. He fucking flips up his little card table. He's got a good game of solitaire. He almost won. <laughs> yeah. He flips it over. There ain't no fucking snuff in this world. It's an urban legend. You probably think faces of death is real. Huh. Yeah, you're... You, sir, you make me sick. Now, I'm going to go back to watching a woman blow a dog. <laughs> Out of my sight. I got some good donkey porn in the back to watch. So uh, Tom's milling about, checking, reading the room. There's a there's a there's a, there's a, 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 a communal screening room, yeah. a communal peep uh, peep room, right? Because there's like eight people and in these here. These are the these are the these are the customers we're gonna want to get Griff because they they got to see the celluloid. They don't want to see just a VHS. They, they don't want to be like you're at school where you had the the, the, the TV on the cart with yeah. the VHS. This is fucking art. Yes, right? it is art. It's projected on a fucking concrete slab. It's beautiful. <laughs> I thought it was it's like a dungeon. I thought it was like a sheet or something you got fucking sewer uh you know pipes dripping on you (laughs) like that's your lubricant that you're using people are like hand over shoulder with other people just jerking (laughs) off together there's women there's men there's trans everybody is under it's like like this has got to be i'm sorry we kind of borrowed off this idea a little bit but this has got to be one of our future chains we got to do an underground one yeah we got to do an underground one we'll call it way beyond way beyond that works and they're watching an enema movie by the way. Yeah, you got a... Which allegedly was is a, a real movie they use. Oh, good. So, yeah. Joel Schumacher was like, I'm not actually filming that. No. Yeah. They're they're, they're uh, recycling. 
So, yeah, and he's just, like, looking at these people and just disgust. He's like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? Right. So now I guess there, there's, a, there's even a sicker floor below. Right. It, again, this sewer goes deep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're in the filth. And it's uh, an S&M place. Everyone's leathered out. Right. This is Max, again, takes Tom away, and he's like, hey, we're going to go a level deeper. I got clearance. <laughs> Are you ready for this? We're not in the right wardrobe. <laughs> you know what clear, the clearance is? There's a big fucking Mexican guy watching it. Are you a cop? Because you've got to tell me if you're a cop. Shut the fuck up, Larry. <laughs> and then they just walk by. And then he's like, well, you got to tell me. Tom's like, shut the fuck up, Larry. Hey, Larry, fuck off. And they go. They meet this guy. Of course, he's German. The sickest porn, always from Germany, he's got if a, not Japan. He's got a cricket bat with the holes drilled through it. He's slapping it on his hand. He's, he's There's in a his... crushing bar over in which you want to hear that. you got to listen to our Ninja 3 Domination with right. Paul London episode. Know what a crushing bar is. They have a video loop of Rikishi and Yokozuna <laughs> sitting there sam- or, or their, uh, squatting, fucking, on, the... uh, squatting <laughs> on people's faces, you know, doing some of that shit. Wow, that is some fucking way beyond shit. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. And this guy claims he, because like Max, this guy claims he's got the real shit. Right. And he's like, $1,200? And he's like, you shared a thousand. I know, but I raised the price to see you angry. It's sexier that way. Tom doesn't care. He's like twisting his nipples. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is just, oh. And Tom just hands him it with disgust. That's what the most disgusting thing is the guy tried to rip him off. Right. And of course, when he handed him the money, he said, no homo. Because we learned. Later on, there's honor among pornographers. That's right. Okay. We're going to learn perverts. that. Very clear. So they buy it, and they sit down to watch it. No they, homo. They, 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 more, he's like, before I put this in, we got to stay together at the same time. One, two, three. No, no homo. homo. All right, it's not gay now. So they put it on, and it's this woman being strangled. And he's like, Max is like, this got to be the Philippines. I know that that's their thing, strangling. David Carradine. David Carradine. This is all, all too real, but it's definitely the Philippines. Right. And they're like, oh, they're kind of like disgusted by it, but they're watching it. And they're like, all right, all right. Put the other movie on. Right. And why do they got to watch this in the film? Because they, they got they multiple make, movies from that guy. Okay. And apparently they they're done by the, the yeah, two. And apparently they're done by the same person, so they're like, we got to watch the other one to see yeah. if it's another snuff right. film. Because they're still not sure if it looks real. Because he's like, it doesn't look like she's breathing. So they put on another one, and it's this like, Filipino woman in like, a blonde wig. She's and pressed against a wall, yeah. hands over her head. I think they're fucking her. I don't remember. Yeah, there's a guy dancing a dick long, and she's, you know, struggling. And then a guy comes into frame with a machete, yeah. and they start slashing her up. And they get a, a close-up on her face again. And he's like... That's the same woman from the last movie. We got fucking... We got snuffed! <laughs> snuffed to the resurrection! Fucking pissed. They paid $1,200 for non-snuff films. Yeah. They paid for basically Faces of Death. Yeah, that's right. $1,200. So I, I think they're hanging out at uh, Max's apartment, and uh, Tom notices a poster for a band called Hard Spank. And he's like, hey, I've, I've heard, I heard their demos. They're pretty good. He's like, well, that was my band. Yeah. And he's just like. He drifted like, apart. Danzig went into industrial. The ch- scene changed. He's like, what's a great. You're, you're on the ball. Why are you in the porno business? He's like, look, man, I don't buy it or endorse it. I just point the way. It's better than pumping gas. Again, what we just. Pumping ta- ass is better than pumping gas. Pumping ass is better than. Pu- 
We just, I mentioned this a little while ago. I don't endorse it. I don't get involved. I show up for eight hours. He's fucking in the underworld of pornography. He knows the sewers. <laughs> he knows the Mexican apartment that he tells us changes every day. He knows the secret of the ooze. He knows the secret of the ooze. Oh, God. That takes a whole new mini yes. now. Oh, my childhood is ruined. <laughs> yeah. That's why they're anthropomorphic. And I and he's like, and Tom, I can tell the look in your eyes. Yeah, you weren't turned on by that shit we just watched, but you definitely weren't turned off either. Tom, I think you're becoming but but become but become but becoming <laughs> Judas in. Judas in your mind. Next morning, Tom heads out to like a homeless shelter, a runaway shelter. Right. And he's asking he's, around. Again, he's still got to do his detective work. Right. He's done with he's the... checking in every few days with Mrs. I think Christian. He, you know, it's daytime. He's got to check in with some of the more uh, daytime leads instead of just constantly going to underground porn places. And also, once again, we got to keep this story moving along because this makes no sense either. He meets a nun who's running the shelter. He's like, yeah. hey, do you know this girl? She's like, yeah, that's Mary. She... She left her suitcase. We've kept it for seven. We haven't opened it. We've just kept her suitcase for seven, six to seven years. On the bed. We never let anybody sleep on the bed either. Just like her mom, Janet. They're, they're like, yeah, we saved her spot forever. So he's like, you mind if I, I look through this? I grift through it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah fuck, who yeah, the I fuck mean, cares? We've, never we've only any- been keeping <laughs> this here for seven years. Six to seven years. Yeah. Opens it up. Finds some rosary beads, a little fucking teenage poem. And several phone numbers, including one for a place called Celebrity Films. Interesting. I think we found a lead. So Tom makes some calls and heads out, and sure enough, he we're going to meet up with one Eddie Poole. Right, played by James Gandolfini, Tony Soprano. Great sleazy guy. He's channeling the character he played in True Romance. Too, That's right. sleazy guy. We saw a very similar scene in uh, Body Double, where you have to walk in. And yeah, he's, he's like, he's director. like, yeah, he's he's uh, he's not a porn director. He uh, a talent scout, like a talent agent. Pro- yeah, we'll call him a producer. Yeah, and so he, you know, there are all these girls waiting for their big shot and fucking huh. I didn't get that Tom just walks right in hey I'm next I'll just be a minute goes in who are you what are you why hey have you seen this girl before I never seen her he stares at it and you yeah. see his aggravated face turns into like a concerned face and then he wraps it back around to aggravated face and Tom's reading the eyes well of course yeah yeah and like, I don't know who you're talking to. You. Who is this girl? Well, I showed you the picture, and I stared at it. Get the fuck out of here. What am I? Goes out, Tom leaves. He, Tom. you know, they're just in downtown Hollywood. There's abandoned buildings everywhere. Yeah. So he goes across the street, calls up the realtor, and is looking at the place across the street. Right. And it's like an abandoned sweatshop. There's like sewing machines in this room. This will be perfect. He rents them right across from the office of Tom, uh, Eddie Poole. So he's got the view looking down on Eddie's office. So he stakes the place out. He's got the binocs. He's watching. He's um, and at some point, I guess this is in the first night, but yeah, he's, a- yeah no, he's doing the binocular thing yeah. here. Amy attempts to call him, and now he's completely separated right. from like, you know, being a husband. He's no longer Tom, husband, and father. He's Tom, the Avenger. Exactly. So once he he watches uh, Eddie check out for the night, he immediately breaks into his office, taps his phone. Yeah. So now he's going to get some info. So 
So he starts listening in to his calls the next day. He finds out that Eddie's got like a mission to go on that night. He's going out for a shoot at some place. And we follow him that night over to like a weird kind of abandoned mansion. Yeah, this was the Lionheart Mansion, dude. It was. I I noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. And because we we know that because it's a half filled pool. Right. I would have wrote it out in the notes, but it's just, oh, you did write yeah, it out in the notes. I did. It's so fucking long. There's so many fucking details. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had to omit some things so we could so, finish. So, yeah, they're filmed. This film is standard porn. No snuff film going on. No snuff, usual. Yeah. Just guys sucking a, a girl sucking a big black dick. That's right. And he we stumbles. Do see, we see a full penis yeah. and butt in this. Yeah. You were happy with that? Yeah, equal representation. So, equity. So, I fucking Tom's never seen a dick that big, so he stumbles. Yep. Some guy hears it. Tom runs. I like. I like how you give. You're a huge Nick Cage fan. I like how you gave him the out. He's he he hasn't seen a dick that big. He stumbled. He went. Wow, that's a big dick. Wow. 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 <laughs> B B C big black cock. And then the guy goes, hey, show some respect here. These are actors. They're not pieces of meat. Why are you watching? Oh, why are you watching? So he comes out, and Tom hides in the bushes. The guy walks over, and Tom pushes him into the Lionheart pool. Right. And since he ain't John claude he just fucking fumbles in there. It's six inches of water, and the guy drowns in it. So the next morning, Tom's like... He's like, I got to catch these guys. I can't wait around. Right. I'm going to make the first move. I'm the best defense is a good offense. That's right. So he calls up Eddie. Hey, Eddie, I know you did that snuff film. I love this. You're doing such a great Nicolas Cage menacing voice. <laughs> I know what I've seen you. I know what you did last night. Yeah. I know what you did last summer. You killed a girl. I'm going to get you. And then fucking, who is this? Who is this talking to me? Who is that? I don't know what they're talking about. Hangs up, immediately calls somebody. He's right. freaked out. And now. again, Tom has the wire tapped. He's watching him with the binoculars. He's listening. He's reading his body emotion and everything. And Ed is complete. It worked. Right. Even though his fucking menacing, like, I know what you did last summer voice was terrible and not right. fucking convincing at it all. It almost put you to sleep. It worked. Yeah, it did. And he's just like, yeah, somebody knows about the film. Somebody's got to get on a plane. Shut up, you paranoid fuck. It's nothing. Boom. Dial tone. So Tom is freaking the fuck out. Well, Ed is. Tom, however, is uh, he turns to his table of computer devices, and he's got a machine that listens to the tones that he punched, Ed punched into his phone. Right. And can translate it to phone numbers. Right. Well, we'll learn. We learned about that in our uh, our dippy tap for Easter. Yeah. That that's possible. Right. Did he call up Winslow? What's that? Did he call up Michael Winslow? Uh, he might have. I did hear some. Boop, 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 boop. He might. Yeah. So yes, call. he's got he's got some super caller ID, and it says D Velvet on that line that Eddie was talking with. I love that. I love that they ran it through. I love that he uses his porno name for his, like, you phone know. Number. Phone number. Phone yeah. That's good. Yeah, he was one of the uh. early people to, like, be like, hey, I want a phone number that works for me. Or maybe maybe he was born to be a pornographer because he was his name is really Dino Velvet. That might be it. I got it. I was watching a baseball game earlier. It was based out of Minnesota, and there was a lawyer over there who's got the phone number. It was like 718-444-4444. Won't forget it. It would seem fake. So uh, Tom goes to Max because he knows everything about the porn world. We just know that. And he's like, do you know this D-Velvet? He's like, you mean Dino Velvet? Producer, director, weirdo. The Jim Jarmusch of S&M. That? 
Dino Velvet? The Jim Jarmusch? The Neil Breen? The fucking... Oh, oh my. He's Neil... John D. Hart of, of pornography. Of FNM. Of FNM. Hardcore FNM. He does all that rough shit, man. He pushes the limit. He goes to the farthest you can... Barely legal. Gigi right. Allen throws up while watching a Dino <laughs> Velvet movie. <laughs> He's based out of Manhattan, though. I guess we found a new lead. Why only fly first class? That's right. And I'm going to need more money. <laughs> so they fly into New York and they they go to the shitty rundown fucking it's the it's the fucking exterminator hotel. It the, was the sheets, yeah. and, and he's not even gonna willing to let Max have the five dollars sheets. No, he gets himself the five dollars sheets, yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, you can buy them with your own money." And Max is like, "Why the fuck are we staying here? Why are you Why are you questioning me? I brought you here to work." I want you to hit those streets. Go to every underground pornography station you can go to and get receipts. <laughs> get the velvet tapes and get those receipts because we're going to write this off. So Tom goes back to his room and he calls up Mrs. C. And she's got the info because remember he said check out his financial record. From six to seven years ago. Right. And she's like, I learned that he had five accounts Cash accounts. Between November 1992 and March 1993, he made one check for each account, and it all comes up to, let me see, just for inflation, $1 million. That's really interesting. Thanks for doing that. I'm going to have to really think about where that goes. But here's the thing, Mrs. C. I've got a very big potential lead into the person who filmed the film. I just need another 50K in expenses. Whatever you need, young man. You're doing such a great job. I wish you were here so I... Wait, why am I doing this? So I can pinch your cheeks. Thank you. Next, so so <laughs> Max comes back with every fucking Dino Velvet movie available. They're watching them. Um, Again, no homo. Right. No homo. They well, clearly stated. Well, there's it. no sex in it. This is hardcore S&M. There's just whippings and shit going yeah, on. Yeah, you're right. But there was fleshy butts. There was, and but there was no even nudity. Because there was there a girl wasn't. like in bra and panties getting whipped. Yeah, you're right. It, well, to some, that's still very erotic. Are you in S&M? I don't think so. I'm not either. Because this is my thing with S&M. First of all, I, I, I think I explained it on a previous episode. If you've experienced real violence... S&M is just corny cosplay. Like, it's so, like, to me, I find it corny. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So I, I'm like, whatever. I've been in real fights, so I'm like, this is silly to me. I yeah. mean, people get off on it. To me, because to me, it's too performative to me. It does. It's just like, it's cosplay. Yeah. So it doesn't turn me on at all. Right, right, right. And because, I mean, when you think about it, the basic tenet of, of uh, S&M is... A relationship, S and M relationship, is master slave. Yeah, I'm not interested in being either. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to be subbing to anybody. And I get, I'm hard enough living my life. I'm not going <laughs> to tell other people like what they need to be doing. Right. So it doesn't appeal to me at all. Yeah. No, I I get that. It, it seems like a weird. I mean, I don't know. I I find the whole because I mean, really, at the end of the day, the whole concept of S and M slavery, and I find that repulsive. To be honest with you, like the like the real. So why would I want to fake that? Right. You know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't want to shame anyone listening who's into heavy and SM. That's your thing. That's do not, it. Hey, 
Sexual Thriller Month is not about shaming you. No. It's just, it's Murray's it's, two I'm cents. just letting you know that that's not one of my kinks, people. Murray's two cents. If it right. were, especially if it comes into like, well, let's put on the whole outfits and everything. Yeah, a lot of work. That's very, that reminds me of everything I hate about like a scene where it's like, I got to put on the outfit to fit yeah. in with the scene. Yeah. And I hate that yeah. shit. So if you're into some like, you know, whipping and that kind of shit, cool for you. If you're like putting on the outfit and like doing, I'm like, man, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. We're just not committed, I guess, is what we're trying to say. Uh, yeah, you know what? It, it's probably our our own fault, you know, uh, uh, whatever. It's like we're we're not that good at the, you know, getting off on that kind of thing. That's it's for other people. Yeah, it's just not my thing. If you're exactly. thing, fine. I just don't care. Anyways. All right, so it's 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 pretty tame. I didn't think it's just, I'm, I'm, I guess, well, I guess we're an R-rated movie. We can't really show anything, but. It's, I guess it's really intense for an R-rated movie. But what we do see, the common thread throughout all the Dino Velvet movies, machine. Well, Whoa. actually, Tom is watching him alone. Yeah, right. yeah. Tom And Tom sees the hand with the fucking tattoo. And again, Tom's going full method here. Tom is in his mesh tank top right. in his dilapidated flea bag apartment with his clean sheets just Black, wrapped over him. Black lipstick. Smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer, watching fucking what are supposed to be hardcore pornography. And yeah, he's watching through these films and he's realizing there's a guy, the guy in all yeah, of Dino's movies with the fucking tattoo. So he runs over to uh, Max's room, gets him out of bed. Max, Who is this guy? You mean, uh, uh the, the, he, he says like a machete. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's in all of his shit. Machete. No, no machine. machine. That's the machine. Who is this guy? Next morning, they get out. This is a nice metaphor, the work with the, the, the Joel Schumacher. They go to the meat market. Yeah. Meat market, because the porn industry is the porn ultimate in, yeah. meat market. That's where Dino's offices are. And remember, he's been calling all these people, watching all these movies, all this pornography, pigs. And what do we see outside of his apartment? The butchers wheeling in just fucking racks of pigs. And Max is like... I never, I knew in, in Manhattan everybody wears women's fucking shirts. I fit in perfectly. Why didn't I come here instead of Hollywood? They're walking by two alternative women, and he's like, "Look at this. These chicks fucking dig me. They like me here." So they go up to the place. There's the guy can be buzzed in. It says D Velvet, and it's just like, "Hey, is this Dino Velvet there? Buzz off, creep. We got a large sum of money. If he doesn't want it, we'll leave." We'll just split it amongst ourselves and go the other way. So they walk in. Dino, he's on the fucking phone. He's arguing. He's like, bitch, why did you fucking shave your pussy? I needed a bush. And he's just fucking irate. He's got to get the Merkin out. He's fucking pissed off. A name I wrote down because I was like, oh, this will come up. This is the clue. Joel Schumacher. Laura. Laura. Did you ever hear about a Laura again? Laura Palmer. Well, Wow. Dino Velvet killed Laura Palmer. People, you don't need to watch Twin Peaks. I just solved it for you. You just solved it. Good job, Murray. So, yeah, there's this weird fucking office. Everything's 
velvet, of course. You know, course, he's yeah. got like mannequins and all this kind of art shit. Right. He's a cla- he's an artist. He's not he's not a tour. He's not a fucking pornographer. Vintage popcorn machine in the corner. <laughs> Do you like? Oh, you're one of those kettle guys, right? This is the good shit. This is the OG. And he gets shit. stuff. He's like, I get the gourmet Orville Redenbacher. That's right. The oil that I cook <laughs> it in has lead in it. It's KY is what he cooks. It's it K- <laughs> Even better. And he's got he's got the fucking sleazy sculpted goatee. Oh, it's great. Oh, Every that. the casting for the sleazy guys is perfect. I give Joel Schumacher hundred percent. Again, the layers. He made everything look dreary, but this guy's layer. Just oozes of creep. So Tom can tell this guy loves to have his ass kicked. So he immediately in flattery mode. He's like, "You're the be- I hear you're the best. I love all your pictures. I've seen them all. Oh, yeah? Well, tell me. Tell me what's your favorite. I can't name a favorite. I just got to say it's the fucking. Well, I- Max comes in with a save. He's like, yeah. Black spider butt fuck. That's, that's a great one. Black spider <laughs> butt fuck. The eight-legged fucking bitch you put in that movie. The prosthetics alone were worth the price and then, of admission. Tom, like, like I said, these guys are perfect team. I wanted to see more of these guys together. Yeah, were, no, like, this was actually cool. Hearing them work people. Right. And he just picks up. Like, oh, yeah, I love the lighting in that movie. You know, he just c- picks he, up yeah, when Max leaves he's off. He's not about, like, titles and all that. He's like, I love the real, the real. I love getting my hard cock off to, like, the sound of a reel right next to my ear, the warmth, the bulb on me. I'm into that, and you give me that, and that's you. Superflux 544. <laughs> and he's just like, yes, I am pretty great, aren't I? I'll, I think I can work out something with you. I'll give you five grand up front and five when the, the film's done. However, I do have some stipulations. Oh, tell me, tell me, what are your rules? I'm excited to work with you. What are you thinking? I want to watch. I can work with that. I got to have the machine. The machine has to be in it. Oh, that's going to cost you more get the machine. 7K more. And he's just like, so, hey, if you can get the machine, I'm up for it. Leaves him 7K right there, a check or something? I don't know. I don't know. No, remember. it was like a, it was a envelope full of cash. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's he, like, he, I'll, he, I'll keep that here. That's a deposit. And he's like, call me, but only after 10 p.m. So now, it's like, and then as they're walking out, uh, Dino just cups fucking uh, Tom's face. I love your face, the way it catches the light. There was a little moment earlier, too, where when they arrived in New York, uh, Max is filming the whole thing yeah. and turns the camera towards Tom, and Tom freaks the fuck out. Right. I don't want to be on film, ever. Right. Don't do this to me. I wouldn't want to be involved with this either. And so here we go. We're in Dino's office, and he's trying to film him. Yeah. And so he's got to keep that calm now. Right. He, oh, co- yeah, and he no. covers the lens. Of the- I'm behind the camera. And he's like, whatever, you're paying. So he's fine. All right. So now they go to a bar. And this is the this is the breakup. Where he's like, the he's, he's got the final lead. He's going to meet the machine finally. That's right. So he's like, look, look, you're a great kid. Here's the, all the money plus some extra and a ticket home. What are you talking about? We're a team. We're going to. No, no, this is too dangerous. I look, you're a good kid. You're smart. I want to use you more. I, 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 I want you to be my fucking uh, L.A. hookup. You That's know? right. And he's like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? We're going to do this together. Us, me and you, good cop, good cop. We're so good at this. We're partners, <laughs> as the gyro captain from Road Warriors says. <laughs> and he's just like, no, no. He's like, he's like, 
All right, I'll go. But look, the devil's waiting on you, Tom Wells. You look out. You're, you, I can see it. You're getting too deep. So Tom had made a call. He, he's got another meeting that he has arranged at the docks. I don't know if this was supposed to be the 10 p.m. call or whatever, but whatever. He makes an arrangement at the docks. Right. And it's to meet with Velvet, so I imagine that's the call he well, was making. This is, this, well, I think off camera they set everything up, so now they're going to go yeah. filming. There's just like a random shot of him hanging up on somebody. The docks? Okay, 3 p.m., I'll do it. Right. And yeah, that's... So we're at the abandoned docks. Apparently this is a place where Dino's worked before because he's got... A, like a crossbow target, like a crucifix set up. Yeah. They got the bed set up. They have the accoutrements. They have the knives. This bed better be fucking bolted down to that floor, by the way, because I'm about to be angry about it. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's on I'm, wheels, I think. It's I'm, like a medical bed. And I'm angry about it. And as he walks in, he sees there he is, the man of the hour, the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, the machine sitting on that bed. Wearing his mask, wearing his leather vest. I love it. Just looking innocent. Just sitting there like, hey, I'm ready for my scene. Legs crossed, you know, hands yeah. over his lap. Do you know what is my motivation? No, he doesn't talk at all. He's no, a mystery no. man. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad Joel Schumacher was like, this guy does not talk. And he's like, he's just, uh, Dino's just shooting his crossbow at this target. Hey, my, my producer's here. Uh, I'm noticing the machine. Great. Glad we got him. I'm noticing you. Great. Glad you're here. Where are the girls? Yeah. Why are all these knives sticking out here? And then Velvet goes, get rid of your gun. Girls are always late. Don't worry about it. They'll be here. Actually, I think I hear them. And they drive the car right up into this room. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's a room. I don't know what. It's like a warehouse. I don't, I don't know, know what it is. I, it's like an abandoned warehouse, but they yeah. have a ramp for and cars. And a limo drives in. Yeah. And, and he's then, like, oh, yes. And then Dino tells him, lose the gun. And he's like, what? And Dino figured him out, man. Why? Because first, who gets out? Eddie. And he's like, I think he punches Tom. He, yeah, he comes yeah. up and punches the shit out you of him. You motherfucker, fucking with me. And then they're, it's kind of like, Tom's like, how the fuck did they know? Right. And then walks out, Mr. Longdale. Yes, Mrs. Christian's lawyer from the beginning of the movie. Oh, my God. He was involved. The whole time he's been calling Mrs. C, this guy's probably been intercepting the calls, listening and hearing everything. He's been involved. Right. And he, he like this is made no sense. They handcuff Tom, handcuff Tom to the bed, to the bed that's and, not bolted down. And then they tell him, "Go get the film," because they they bring they pull in Max. Max yeah. beat the fuck up. He's like got duct tape on his mouth. They set him up in He's front. Of, up. They set him in front in front of that that uh, crucifix, crucifix target. Crossbow. Yeah. And he's like. Get the fucking film. He wants that eight millimeter. We're film. gonna kill the kid if you don't get the film. And then Velvet pulls out the pictures of Tom's wife and kid. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. And if you're not going to be fucking kind, we're not only going to kill Tom or Max, but we're going to go after your wife and kid, yeah, too. Yeah, he's like, I can make such a great film with these two here. Yeah. And, he's, you know, so he's being real threatening. And he's like, so they handcuff him. Then they immediately unhandcuff him. Right. So he can go get the film because they assume for some reason that he'd have it on him. Right. So this is where Longdale's like, Longdale, you take him out to get the fucking film. We'll right. be here guarding Max. Right. They tell him, and if he don't bring us the film, 
not only are we going to kill Max, but we're going to fuck him first and then kill him. He's like, no. And we're going to film it. You didn't say no homo. <laughs> so Longdale has to, now he does his villain monologue where he explains everything. He's just like, you know, yeah. We could, why couldn't you just leave it alone? Right. You know. Don't you think these rich people, I'm not rich myself. These rich people, they don't ask us to be like them. They ask us to do the things they want but can't do themselves. Right. We bring them the shit. We're just servants to these That's people. That's right. And for and the right price, I'll do it. You've been sticking your nose through their gates forever, and you saw the opportunity. You're bending over, kissing Mrs. C's feet. She, can't, she doesn't have feeling in her feet, Tom. So, yeah, so Longdale reveals, like, look, first... Mr. Christian wanted me to get a snuff film, but they're a fucking urban legend. But when you got enough money, you can get anything you want made. Right. So we decided we were going to make our own. Right. And so Tom- it turns out Longdale was like the middleman between Dino and all this shit. Right. You know. And Dino, by the way, when Longdale comes up and when they're like, you're going to be the liaison, you know, you're going to take Tom to go see uh, Mrs. C or get the film and everything and bring it back. Longdale's like, why do I have to? I hate you, Longdale. I fucking hate you. That's why you're getting So there's uh, tension, you know, between, tension yeah. between these two. Yeah. Um, and so now we're getting the classic Nick Cage. Nick Cage has it in his contract in every movie to have a freakout scene. Why? <laughs> why would you do this to an innocent young girl? Because he could. He had... The money. So they go to Tom's car, open the trunk where the 8mm film is. Tom calmly like palms a knife and then grabs the thing, which makes no sense because he never uses it later on, but he does palm a knife that he grabs. And then they march him back to Dino. Oh, my film. And then Dino starts, look, he's like, look, this is the film. There was one other long down moment that was great because after he's done, he's like, when this is all settled, I'll profit from the situation, and I'll move on. Longdale's a creep. Yeah, he's got. He's like, I heard from this guy named Epstein. He's got an island. He wants you, me to work on. You know the middle management type people who are always selling out the, you know, like the underlings, the supposed underlings, the people who should be more akin with, for the upper beings who are just like, yeah, no, fuck these people or for us. We'll make you one of us. That's that's yeah. Longdale. They always fall for it, and it never happens. It's like. Every underling of Trump is that way. Exactly. He, he betrays everyone. They're like, and well, yet they suck all, I'm going to be the guy he's going to take. Yeah. The no, goal. I'll suck on his teeth and he'll take me under his wing. No, it never fucking happens, Longdale. This is why I totally believe this shit is, this, this kind of shit happens in real life. Mm-hmm. Because think of fucking Epstein Island. I don't know if anybody got killed on Epstein Island, but you know some fucked up shit happened on that island between big Democrats and big Republicans. Yes. All rich people. Yes. I, I'm you sorry. know there was some raping going on. You know there was some child molestation going on. Maybe not like little kids, but like 14, 15-year-olds. You know that shit happened. If on this episode's not on YouTube, you, you might know why if you listen to the <laughs> podcast version. But I don't know if we'll get Because being super conspiratorial, I, I I feel like that is exactly what happened is on Epstein Island. Is it conspiratorial or is it just like obviously that's what happens? Well, it seems like the obvious thing because it's like they had flight records of all this shit. And then suddenly the guy disappeared. I'm sorry. Yeah. We Sometimes won't do this. he gets sad and takes his own life. That's right. Yeah. That's what happened. That's right. And then the other person who was involved By in the it. By the way, Griff left- and I have no issues with depression at all. If we uh, something happens to us, 
fucking take it to QAnon. That's, all That's right. That's all right. right. Back to, back to the movie. So Longdale brings it back. Uh, Dino checks. He's like, this is the film. He starts unraveling it. And then he pulls out the lighter fluid. And Tom's distraught. He's like, that's all my only evidence. So he, he's now once again chained back to this bed. Right. Bed that's not bolted down. Not bolted down. And Dino sets it on fire. And he's like, you have no proof. You're fucked, dude. Everything is fucked. And then he fucking... He's like, well, just let us go. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, sure. And he just nonchalantly shoots Max with a crossbow, kills him. Shoots well, then, him. then, 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 uh, yeah, he shoots. Oh, sh- yeah. He shot and Max then with the- Machine comes up and slashes his throat. Yeah. It's fucking brutal. Yeah. They wreck uh, poor and old And then Max. He, he has another Nick Cage freakout scene. Right. No! Why'd you do it? And then this is where we get Tom, who starts. Getting mad at everybody in the room. No, why'd you do it? And then he goes over to, you know, he's yelling across at Longdale. Was it really worth the million dollars? And then Dino's like, what? What the fuck? Eddie's even more pissed. One million? <laughs> I got fucking 500 bucks. <laughs> and Dino's like, and I got a thousand. What the fuck? And of course, of course that fucking Longdale slimy fuck would have pocketed all the goddamn money. So he's standing with his back to the limo, and he's like, all right, everybody, settle down, settle down. I just, let's listen here. Let's listen real close and here. Dino says the best line. If there's no honor between perverts and pornographers, the whole business will fall apart. He says the truest words ever spoken. Great. Believe it. Yeah. There will be another Dino Velvet someday. Eddie, drop your gun. Kick it over to me. Longdale pulls out his gun. He's got a held on everybody. Of course, Dino's got his crossbow, and he's even, like, lowering it. And he's just like, what the fuck is this, Longdale? Do you really want to fucking do this right now? And Longdale's like... He tells Eddie to kick the gun, and he kicks the gun underneath the... The car. Yeah, Yeah, and it goes all the way on the other side. And then, yeah, Dino's totally cool. He's just like, come on. I fuck you. I takes the money. To use a big Lebowski. And then as he goes to like drop it, it shoots fucking Longdale in the heart. Right in the heart. Longdale shoots shoots off a gun. It it shoots uh, Dino in the neck. And then Dino's chill about this. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm dying this way. It's so uncinematic. It's so lame. The uh, machine. (laughs) Kill them all. Just give them on. That's his, that's his cue. Machine just grabs one of those fucking Ginsu knives off the tray. All right. Uh, Metal Militia started playing, too. Right off Metallica's Kill Em All album. Wow. And I thought it was Search and Destroy. Yeah, it would make more sense. And he then uh, Nick, he, he grabs something. Of, uh, Tom, <laughs> Tom grabs. Tom. Okay. Yeah, Tom. Grab something off the tray. It wasn't. I think it was like an ice pick or something. It wasn't like a knife. Yeah, it like fell over. He yeah. can't get away from this bed. Not bolted down to the floor. Is a flimsy little mattress and box spring set. Yeah. Can't pull it anywhere. He's like, oh, I'm anchored <laughs> to the ground. He fucking reaches, grabs something. Machine comes charging at him with a knife. And Tom uses whatever he picked up and jams it in this uh, yeah, guy's stomach. stomach. Machine collapses. Eddie's running for that gun. His gun is underneath the car, so he can't reach it. He's got those stubby little Italian fingers. Yeah. Little sausage fingers. All right. And while that's going on, uh, Tom is trying to grab for his gun. Right. But they made him empty out every bullet in the clip. Right. But there's one in the chamber. Except the one in the chamber. So he gets a hold of his gun. Machine's kind of like laying there. He's like 
ready to pounce on Tom. Eddie's trying to grab his gun. I'll shoot you in the back, Eddie. Stop. And then he's like, he's only got one bullet. Yeah. So Eddie's freaking out. Tom's trying to tell Machine to take his mask. Take your mask off. Take off your mask. Take it off. Let me see it. Because everyone's like, wait, was this Scooby-Doo all of a sudden? And he's going to solve the crime when he sees the guy under the mask. Right. Because it's got to be somebody he knows. Right. But Murray, we'll talk about it later. Do we want to talk about it now? The whole, you know, importance of taking off the mask? I don't know. What what is it? I mean, we got to know who, who would be involved in such perverted shit. Right. We see Eddie's face. We see Velvet's face. Who would be the guy that would actually kill the person? Ex- actually slice up a fucking teenager. For just sexual gratification. He's got to know. He's in deep. He hasn't talked to his wife in two weeks. That's right. And it's just like fucking he's not getting anything from Machine. And then he sees that Eddie's still going for that gun. Yeah. He's got the one bullet. So he uses, he shoots the chain that's holding him, and he's got to escape. So we get like a chase in. He's jumping down the scaffolding on the, or not scaffolding, There's but no the no way esca- Gandolfini could have kept up with him. No, right? not at all. He'd have a heart attack. The fire escape, you know, the ladders and everything yeah. you see in all the cities. Uh, he, he gets, gets down, car. gets in his car, drives off. Eddie somehow catches up and shoots through the car. Right. But it's but he, okay. He gets away. Finally calls his wife. Ten weeks. And he tells me, look, get out of the house. Trust me. Go to the place where we spent 4th of July. I'll be there in three hours. I got to pick up some KFC. Yes. So, okay. Then, then, because they're they're in Manhattan, which means then Tom had to have lived in New York State. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So then he calls up Mrs. C. Mrs. C., the film is real. Longdale was involved. He's dead. We got to call the police. Tomorrow. Well, okay. I that think sounds... I can do that. Uh, I gotta ask, Tom, are you in danger right now? Yes, we are. We must go to the police. I'll do that. Could you tell me maybe what was the girl's name? Marianne Matthews. Oh, nice. Then she hangs up the phone, looks up at that portrait of her husband in disgust. Tom arrives at the cabin. I don't know. A couple hours eclipse here. Three hours, actually. Yeah, microwave timing. And, of course, he's got a bucket of the colonel. (laughs) (laughs) Amy begs him for answers. Did you get gravy? No biscuits? I love their biscuits. I was in a rush. I don't know. Huh. Uh, I panicked and got triple coleslaw. And she's like, as any reasonable woman would do, she's Tom, what the fuck is going on? It's that classic, I don't have time to tell you. You have three hours. You're on the phone. Really? You're driving away from danger. You have all the time in the world. You're safe in your car. And he's like, look, I'll tell you everything. I got to see Mrs. C first. Then I'll tell you everything. I promise. I got I to gotta take care of this. No one else is going to take care of this. I, the white man, has to take right. care of I this. I can call the cops right here. But right their hands are tied right so he shows up at mrs christian's mansion and she's met by the butler mattingly yeah mattingly worked for miss christian before you work you work for us. he did it the and butler did the it butler always does it and he's just like oh she's indisposed sir she left you a message though and he's like and then and, and, and some uh package for you your payment and a payment for the dear mother of the child that was murdered in that thing and he's like, I gotta see her. I'm afraid she took her life this morning. 
cut her life into pieces. That was her last resort. You fucking piece of shit. Thank you, Murray. And he, so he just, he's stunned. He just takes the packages. He, he opens the note. I thought it said try to forgive us. Did they try to forget us? I couldn't. T- I can't recursive. I we don't do cursive said, anymore. I think it said try to forgive us. You're probably right. Said. And then he returns home to Amy, and he's just like, I got to finish it. He's like, this is what we're seeing. This is the man who, once he gets involved with something, he's got tunnel vision. He can't just let it go. He can't just call the cops. He's like, I have to do this. I have to see it through to the end. I have to know why. Again, very Manhunter. That was the kind right. of fucking you know wave that Manhunter <laughs> was riding here. And she's like, "Look, go ahead, but I might not be here when you come back." Again, Manhunter. So he goes back to uh, to uh, L.A. and he's because he, he knows where Eddie lives because he loves it. And Eddie's and Eddie's bugging <laughs> out. He's got he's taking all his porno with him because I think this was just regular porn. Was this was his like evil porn? I don't know. This had to be like a secret stash or something. I think my pen. He's like, I don't want my mom to know I watch this shit, you know, because you know he just want his mom to come to his place and find his porno stash. You don't want your mom to find your porno stash. Well, you never. Even do. if you're a sleazy fucking murderous piece of shit, you don't want mom to see. Never. That you know you're you, you got Debbie does Dallas too. I don't. Yeah. Well, the sequ- Well, the first one everyone gets, but the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's like ordering cars. The movie. Okay. Okay. So he fucking comes up on Eddie, beats the shit out of him. You're going to show me where you filmed that fucking film. And he's like, whatever. Yeah, okay. So they go to this rundown. Well, he wants Eddie's whereabouts, and he can't get them. He wants the machine's whereabouts. Or machines, excuse me. I don't know that guy. What do you know? And so he's like, well, then you're going to show me where the fucking uh, film happened at. So he takes him there, and Eddie's like, being kind of sassy with him. They think he believes that Tom doesn't have the cajones to do anything. That's right. So they go in there, and he's like, this is where it's killed? Yeah, I don't know. I guess, hey. It looks familiar. It's been six or seven years. <laughs> I remember this dumb broad. Yeah, I told her I was going to make her a star. She was an idiot. Tits were awful. Fried fucking eggs. I slapped her around a little bit. I drugged her a little bit. You know, I told her murder's not so bad. And he's like, so you were the guy in the picture. Yeah, I was there. And he's like, well, why did you? He's like, I watched. But it fucking made me sick. He's like, well, why did you fucking want? I don't know. I never saw somebody get killed before. I thought it might be fun. So Tom, he's pulling out his gun. And he's thinking it. And of course, well, he, t- he ties Eddie up. Yeah, he, t- he pulls okay. some wiring out of the thing. Ties him to like some studs in yeah. the wall. And so, so his neck is tied up and his hands are tied behind his back. Tom pulls out a gun and he's putting it to uh, Eddie's head. And Ed is there. Go ahead. Kill me. He's Give like, it to me. He's deep throat in the fucking barrel. You don't have the balls to do it. He calls him the F-slur. Yeah. And he's trying to do that in 1999. Nick Cage is trying to go, no homo. And he's like, no homo. And then he's like, fuck, I can't kill this guy. And he just stumbles out. He's like, hey, you pussy. Walks out to his car, sits down there, gets his flip phone out, calls up the mom of, of Marianne. Janet. I, he tells, he's, he's like, she was killed. He, he tells her all the details. It's the middle of the night. Tom, is that you? It's the middle of the night. What do you got to tell me? I need you to tell me. Do I have your permission to kill the creeps that killed your daughter? What are you talking about? My daughter's dead. You got to give me your permission. Did you love your daughter? 
yes, yes, I did kill those motherfuckers. So then he's got, he's like, I his permission. Boom, 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 Big old fuck. We should have some industrial music here. Comes back in and he's like, I knew you didn't have the balls to shoot me. He's like, yeah, I don't, but I'm going to fucking cave your skull in with this gun. He starts bashing. Yeah, yeah. He's smashing his fucking head in. Mm. Grabs all that fucking, grabs his stash of porn, covers him with it, gets out the gasoline, sets that building on fire. Traumatized Nick, or Nick? <laughs> Nick Cage. Tom starts flying back to New York now because he was in Hollywood, yeah. going back to New York. And he's calling around I get, I, as he's driving. I guess on a hunch. He fe- well, yeah, okay, yeah. It makes make, sense. It, it makes, it makes sense. sense, yeah. He's calling around into, like, the smaller hospitals and everything. Hey, I'm Detective uh, Long Johnson, and I'm just looking for a guy who maybe came in, like, with a stab wound near the stomach. Got a tattoo. First of all, no, you couldn't do this. No, you couldn't. You'd have to show up in person with the proper documentation. Yeah, yeah. They, but we need to finish this movie. It's a movie. We need oh. to finish it, and yeah. Joel needed to finish it. <laughs> So we learned that yeah, I that there was a guy matching that yeah. with the swast the swastika the swastika. He might as well have had a swastika might tattoo, well. pentagram tattoo. Yeah, George Anthony Higgins. He's registered under his mom's address, of course. Under he's, his mom's insurance too. Of course, he's a mom's yeah. boy. Yeah. So he finds the place. Feeling lives right next to a cemetery. That's probably what symbolism. Well, it probably inflamed his goth instincts. That had to be it. Danzig's you know. always singing about fucking goth people or uh, uh, funerals and right. So he's surveilling the place. We see this nice little old lady. She's kissing her son in the fucking like window as right. Nick is or Tom is watching from outside. I wish you'd just come to church every once so often. I, Mom, I can't do that. Nick, by the way, Nick Cage, by the way, has clearly chosen his wardrobe for this scene. He's wearing a Matrix outfit. Yeah. 1999 was the year the Matrix came out. Well, then he predated it then. He had to have seen some early a trailer, you <laughs> some, know, some and he was like, "Yeah, I want to do that too." Cause well, that's the ultimate cool guy outfit, though. Right? He's got the little shades on. He's got the fucking black like duster. Was it like a leather? Ring. I thought he had like a leather, leather blazer or something. I don't know what he. Had. It was like a full coat. Okay. He was like going full Matrix, and I was like, "What are we doing here, Nick?" He's what the the mom goes to her like uh, Wednesday night bingo game at the church. Yeah, she she's wishing her. her son went with her. Right. By the way, if he has that tattoo of a fucking pentagram <laughs> on his hand, you think his mom would be a little weirder? He about wears it. a bandaid on that when he's gotta home. be, gotta be. So uh, now it starts raining. Got to have the dramatic rain. Right. Tom sneaks in the cellar uh, window. It just it's open. It's just on a hinge. There's no uh, lock. It just hinges. And Blasting. Same, same drum beat on a loop. This is the only seconds. time George gets to listen to his music. His mom hates that rock and roll music. That's so he's right. Blasting it. That's right. Goes into and this is where it all makes sense to me. It makes sense. He's asking why. I'm like, I know why. Because he walks into George's room, shrined to D- Glenn Danzig. Mm-hmm. Posters everywhere. Yep. Not listening to Danzig though. I don't know. What's That's what that was what was interesting about it. And what I thought was really interesting is we get a look at what he's been writing down on his little desk. I recognize I, I hit pause on my laser disc, I enhance. It's the screenplay for Verotica. Oh my god. Danzig didn't even write it. <laughs> George that Anthony is, Higgins wrote it. Danzig's known for fucking plagiarizing and stealing. He stole the fucking Danzig skull from a comic book. Of course he did. He stole the Crimson Ghost. That's not him. Come on. Danzig, come on. Come on. 
So the the he's listening to vinyl, so it stops. Right. So now it's quiet. Or no, it's skipping, wasn't it? No, I think it just. It's, no, you're right. It yeah. scratches. And then he starts searching through the house, doesn't see anything, and then he goes like downstairs, and then the music starts playing again. So he goes back to that room. Yeah, just about to head out, and then he gets he, he goes back into the room, and then he gets fucking. <laughs> right. It's fucking the machine because he's got the mask. He's on. got his he's, gimp he's mask. Full machine again. And he fucking spears fucking Tom right through a window. Tom goes falling down, lands in the graveyard next door. Tom was about to get murdered here, but he kicked the guy or kneed the guy in his gut wound, gets thrown out the window, falls over like an awning that it looked like it fell right off as soon as Tom hit it, but apparently it didn't. Because Tom rolls well, on the ground. Well, it did loosen it because then machine yeah. goes on the roof and it collapses underneath it collapses his way. underneath him. He falls into the graveyard. The gun gets thrown outside of this little fence that they're working it into the cemetery. Right. And then uh, machine, does machine lose his mask at this point? No. So machine, like, you want to know what it, where, why? Because he's pinning, machine yeah. is pinning Tom down, right. got a knife out to his throat and telling him about how he loves stabbing people. Well, he's like, you want the best part of stabbing? And it, it isn't when they, 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 you come up to him with the knife. No, no. It's when you're stabbing them. And they know that their life is over. <sighs> it wasn't just porno for me. Don't you feel how hard I am? This is the closest thing that rates in the speeds and scale. Yeah, you guys are probably hard. It's me. not for us. Yeah, you know, no. we've talked about we're totally where we're not into like that. No homo. No homo. We're not into it. So... Tom just grabs like a, like a broken off piece of like a tombstone, hits yeah. him in the head with it. Right. And then he gets he gets the edge on him, grabs his gun, and tells him, take the mask off. <laughs> pulls it off. Fucking Jim Cornette. He even pulls out his glasses and puts them on. And they're Jim Cornette's glasses. <laughs> the iconic glasses he's had for the last 48 years. And he's like... What, you want to hear the story? My dad raped me. I had a great life. My dad was my hero. My mom was amazing. You think she beat me? No, she encouraged me in everything I did. She told me when I was wrong. She told me when I was right. I was not a bratty kid at all. She went with me when I got this pentagram tattoo. She encouraged me to, uh, uh, you know, approach my artistic values. (laughs) And that like shakes Tom. He can't believe it. And that he drops his guard for just a moment. That's all the machine needs. That's all he needs. So he grabs his knife, throws it at Tom. As long as he didn't fucking bust a nut into Tom's mouth, yeah, I guess it's okay. So yeah, the, the, the knife the knife hits Tom. Then he like bull rushes uh, uh, Tom, and he's just like, "I just like torturing and killing. It's what I am." Tom pulls the knife out of his arm, stabs him in the heart. No, yeah, because he got stabbed. So yeah, yeah. he pulled the gun or the, the knife, the knife out. out. Yeah, because he can't grab because the gun is on the other side of the yeah. the, the fence of the cemetery. Yeah, it got knocked away again. Yeah. And as George dies, he simply says, "Thank you, fuck you, bye." Tom hobbles his way all the way to the ER, and a day later, he just lets himself back into his house. Yeah, and he just fucking grabs his daughter and holds her for all she's worth and starts sobbing. Amy finally wakes up after 20 minutes of her daughter and a grown man <laughs> crying in her house right outside of her bedroom door open. Well, she finally realizes he he's exercises demons. He yeah. knows why now, so he yeah. can stop finally. That's right. And... 
no cleanup. Like, I guess he just leaves Machine's body. I mean, nobody like he investigates. Even, yeah, he's done with that. It's all behind him now. <laughs> yeah. It's all in the past. So he's crying, telling his wife, I need you to save me. So, yeah, and now it's life is normal. He's back to raking. We go through, I don't know, day two, three, four, five, week, two months, out there, Midwest, raking like we like to do. It's Not raining. Midwest. And he's out there. I, it's upstate New York, which is close to Midwest. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Right. It's the same lifestyle. And he's raking, and the mailman comes, and he sees he sees there's a letter, a letter from Janet Matthews, the mother of poor Marianne, and she thanks him for what he did, avenging her daughter's death, and and she's like, I will do good with that money that Mrs. Christian gave. That's me. right. And it was, and then Tom just looks back at his family. It was all worth it. All worth it. Tragedy. Everything's awful. Terrible life. Five fucking hours. Of Nick Cage and his Nick. Why do people like Nick Cage? He's okay in certain roles. This wasn't the worst Nick Cage I've ever seen. I think the Lord of War, Gun, whatever. I I haven't seen that in a while. I thought that was his best movie that I enjoyed. Okay. All right. I'm sorry if that didn't give you a boner. You know I'm talking to. (laughs) Maybe this next movie will. All right. I've been wanting to do this movie for a while because it's such a ridiculous movie. And like I, like we pointed out, we're equal opportunity here on on uh on Golden Globe Theater. Theater. Yeah. Isn't that we we've given you your heterosexual side. We're going into the world of gay leather daddies. We don't have to say it because we don't we're not insecure about our sexuality. Exactly. We can watch a movie about gay people. Exactly. It's okay. And we're gonna discuss it next week. But not just any. This is is the weirdest movie you've ever seen this have you i don't think so it's it's so tone deaf it's yeah. it came out in 1980 starring al pacino oh boy he gets a cop there's there and there's a serial killer on the loose in the leather daddy section of new york city al pacino is a cop who goes undercover in that world we will learn we will answer the question next week is gay contagious okay it's cruising and sorry, Joe Corey, I know you wanted to do this, but we're doing two and a half. I was so trying to get this month to like 90-minute yeah. episodes just because I'm trying to bring in new listeners. And I know it's daunting to have yeah. a two-and-a-half-hour one. But I think this is – we're going to spend an hour on the bandana shop alone exactly. next week. Sorry, Joe Corey. We've talked about this. Yes. We're like, how do we work this out in the Matrix system? Right. and everything? It never worked out. Right. Because – our f- body double, two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. This movie, we're about at two and a half hours. <laughs> Next week, we like to try to do a two hour and follow it up with like a 90 minute. Not going to happen for a whole <laughs> yeah. month. These movies are two hours for Christ's sake. Not to mention what you got on Sunday. Yeah. Like, we just can't stop. There's too many sexual <laughs> perverts out there to talk about. Right. So we're going to be cruising alone next week. Tune in. Keep it warm.